Metaphysics is going to have to be the quote-unquote religion of tomorrow. If it isn't, you're fucked. Totally and absolutely. To, to make the case that something was real or something was just made up. Well, it's usually, uh, usually the thing is, there's people who don't really pay a lot of attention to this shit and they, they grab a couple of names and a couple of little things and they run with it and then they become, you know, full-fledged internet philosophers and YouTube philosophers. So they sit and turn their camera on and they just talk for mad long about how other people are wrong. And then you have people who really study this shit, who like really put their life into figuring out what the Egyptians were about and, you know, what this means and what that means. And they wear robes and tall hats and shit like that. And they carry onks and they're really deep into this shit. And then they sit and tell the other person why they're stupid kind of for not really knowing what Egypt is really about. And I'm like, both of y'all live in Harlem. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's probably better shit to link and connect and build on rather than, you know, some, I mean, it's cool. Egypt is cool. It's fucking fascinating, bro. It's, it's a, a amazing high society, but I really can't figure out why everybody feels like they have like a direct lineage to Egyptian kings and shit. I can't figure that part out. I can't figure out why it matters. Yeah, that's the second question. <laughs> One, why do you think you're related to these people and you have some type of claim to their their greatness? And two, why does it matter right now today? Right. It, it would be almost like if Italians were going around bragging about aqueducts. You know, right. Rome made aqueducts. Can you make an aqueduct? No. They actually stole that from Egypt, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I descend from the first aqueduct makers of record. So let's sign up and have a debate about who the, the real aqueduct creators are. It just doesn't matter to me. If you can make yeah. an aqueduct now, and that's going to help irrigate uh, something or deliver water you know, to an area that needs it, and our lives right. are improved by it, right. great. I don't give a fuck who came up with it. Because I can't go back and live at that time. I'm thinking about who needs water now and who right. has the skill set wherewith they can craft an aqueduct. So if you can't build a pyramid, if you can't build an aqueduct, I don't see the value of it. To me, when I hear you describe those two people arguing, the YouTube scholar and the actual I got the books, dusted them off the shelf scholar, I feel like they're both equally wasting their lives but in two totally different ways right <laughs> right you're just taking another you're taking a different road one person's taking the scenic path to uselessness like yeah. this doesn't do anything but i took it seriously so right. i'm a little bit more valuable than you there's a difference between like the angry homeless bum and like the beach hippie right like, they're both homeless, but one of them's having a great time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's having a great time, and if you listen to him talk, you probably think he's a genius. If you if you smoked a couple spliffs and had a beer, and it's you know sunset on the beach, he'll probably say some completely asinine shit that don't make a whole lot of sense, super vague sentences and shit. And you'll be like, "Wow, this beach hippie is smart, bro. He might be some type of oracle." And then the next day, you wake up like, "Nah, I think that motherfucker was stupid. I was just high." Yeah, where's my wallet? 
It's my fucking wallet. Oh, the enlightened beach hippie got me. The beach hippie has my wallet. Fucking uh, enlightened pickpocket just ripped me off at the beach. So, so how how was the week, bro? Uh, it, it's time for a divorce. Holy that's how, shit! That that's how the week is. Wow. I, I I've been thinking about it. I came up with it. I think it's it's the best path forward, especially after you showed me the puffy interview. It really just solidified my sentiment that there's no hope. I want there to be no bloodshed. So the best thing we can do at this point is just go our separate ways. I figured it out. We'll have America and we'll have co-America. And short for communism, you can have your little communist utopia or uh, POC America, however we want to define it. Uh, But co, co co-America sounds... I like the branding, but obviously yeah. I, I won't be moving to that part of America, so um, I don't have the final say. It's a working prototype. So I figure, at first I thought, you know, we'll just, you know, cut it right down the middle. And then I thought about, you know, the potential issues with that. So to try to make it as fair as possible, do a direct, like a diagonal line from Seattle to Florida, Right. That way, everybody gets a little bit of land in the north, a little bit of land in the south, right? You get at least one state, right, where you have access to an east coast or a west coast port, right? So it's not like you're going to be cut off uh, from one end or the other. So I figure uh, Comerica starts with Florida, right? That'll be their one their one state on the east coast that they get. Wait, who? So who gets Florida? Comerica. No, fuck that. Nah, no, Com- okay, how does that work? <laughs> it's the only way that it works. Listen, I don't, I don't like it already. I'm already out. I don't okay, like it. okay, but 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 okay, but now hear me out. If you go all the way up to the top, I forget it. it it's 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 Washington, right? Washington's above Oregon, right? Yeah. On the West Coast, right? So. so we get Oregon, right? And then it goes down all the way to Florida. And the reason I set it up this way is that it makes sense, right? Because uh, regular America seems to lean more towards uh, Western values. So we have more land that kind of, you know, harkens back to Europe. Uh, the the uh, Comerica uh, is really into the whole uh, communism and authoritarianism. So, so cool. You get more of the West, right? So you're kind of leaning more towards China. Your Chinese overlords that tell you what to say after your interviews and all your movies and whatever. So it kind of has a symbolic significance, but there's practical applications too. Because again, if you need to ship something out on, on the left coast, if we need access to that, hey, we got we got Washington. They've got Florida. They're not completely cut off. But the beauty of it also is too, you have the varied climates because they go pretty far as north as you can go north, and we go pretty much as far south as you can go south. But the reason why we're going to give them that section for Comerica is because these are the same people that are like, listen, we want endless immigration. We're not building a wall. We want anybody can come here whenever they want. Cool. We can build a wall on our side. So you have this the southern, the southwest corner all to yourselves, right? If you, if you want to let as many people from South America... You absolutely have that 
You have that right. You can do whatever you want at that. You can give everybody free health care. You can give everybody uh, free uh, edu- free college, free whatever. Do whatever you want. I'm sure you'll be able to make enough money. I'm sure there'll be enough STEM majors and practical people that'll be able to make this whole thing go. And the best part of it, you'll have no, there'll be nobody that's a Nazi. There's no racist. So all the problems are solved and you get your utopia. And we don't, we don't have to kill each other. There doesn't have to be the race war that um, Puffy is, I guess, planning. Because he, he really sanded all, he really sounded, he did a lot of coke, and he was really on board with the race war. Allegedly. And, and allegedly. And, and you know, I was listening to him, and I'm like, yeah, this is, you can't even, there's no way to sit down and have a conversation at this point. There's just, there's no way. There's the, we can't agree on any kind of set of facts. Everybody's kind of, um, everybody's kind of, uh, brainwashed in their perspective, uh, respective bubble, and 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 trying to get through at this point, I I don't think it's possible. Like everything is just being repeated over and over. It doesn't matter if it's disproved. Even if you try to come with the facts that disprove it, this means you're taking, you're you're taking the side of white supremacy. You're taking the side of the racist. And no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just clarifying the situation. I'm simply stating what the facts are. Uh, no, 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 no. So it's our, the, the conversation has been poisoned. So there, there's no positive conversation to be had. And since um, people have already kind of decided who their enemy is and how they're not going to be able to, uh, you know, enjoy life in, in any kind of meaningful way while we coexist, it's just impossible to coexist. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with just cutting ties at this point. We can have co-America. And we can have regular America. And regular America, we keep all the traditional things. Um, you get to say whatever you want. There's free speech. You can have guns. Uh, you don't want the government controlling everything. So we're going to stick with capitalism. Uh, and 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 co-America can go the communist route and, you know, have that authoritarian spin. And, and you know, everybody will agree, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm uh, I'm giving up Florida that easy. I think I'll have to take a few shots at a few jerks <laughs> before I leave this property. I'm not having it, and I'm not joining Co America. I think giving them, trying to give them half, is uh, that's a little bit too generous. I'd say give them the bottom left quadrant mm. of the United States, bottom left. They get a little wow. bit of everything. They don't have to have access to both coasts. Fuck you. you give <laughs> well, they'd have yeah. the Gulf. Which so, is fine. So, so maybe Texas up yeah, a to lot of Texas. Portland? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Bottom left quadrant. You know, give them a nice little semicircle down there, and I think they'll be happy. And fuck it, who cares if they're not? But let the rest of normal humans have this shit and try to figure it out. I think a, a, a ideological separation like that probably wouldn't even be a bad idea until, you know, like, like anything else, if you did this shit, even in a Mad Max setting up, it doesn't matter. When you separate things and people over here find their equilibrium and the other people who you knew from the beginning were going to become fucking savage barbarians who are going to eat each other's children. Like, we knew that when we separated it, but we all said we wouldn't mind our own business. 
eventually gonna they're gonna be like, yeah, that's some uh, nice crops you got there this year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we've been over here scraping and scrounging because nobody wants to grow nothing. No, you know, we got all these weirdos over here doing a bunch of stupid shit, and y'all still growing your food. Everything's still normal over there. You still got your freedom of speech. We over here gang kicking motherfuckers in the head because we have I- ideological differences. So we got to kick this guy's teeth out until he agrees with us. So how long do you think those people are going to just stay over there and mind their business? Listen, I'm okay with that. That's why the first thing we're doing is making the wall. Well, we'll, we'll just all them right in, right? We'll, we'll do this just like uh, post-war Germany. We'll have that wall, and you be the communist side. We'll be the capitalist side. You'll be the everybody-has-to-agree-with-you side. We'll be the freedom of opinion, diversity of opinion side. You can be the we all have to be bonded by ethnicity and genetic side. We'll be the we have more in common based on our, our values and our D ideas than just genetic side. And, and so there's two totally different visions of what American freedom looks like. And I, I can't there's no scenario in which I can integrate them into a uh there's no paradigm I can see in which they're integrated and, fr- and and we continue to be free and rational and have open debate because without without agreeing to them like they don't want like you can't have you can't have freedom in a world where the most unpo- unpopular thing is to disagree with somebody like they're they're just too far gone on this authoritarian kick of you have to agree with me or I'm going to demonize you. So the only thing that will make them happy is to be in a world where everybody agrees with them. Now, you're right. I foresee the same thing that you do, that there's going to be a lot of practical problems that they've taken for granted that other people get done for them that creates the infrastructure and stability that gives them the luxury to have all these fanciful uh, un, impractical ideas that are right. that are swirling through their head. So yeah, there's going to be a harsh moment of reality. But I've thought about that too. It has a twofold benefit in the long run. Uh, for the final ten to twelve years before they just cannibalize and kill each other, they're going to enjoy living in a world where they're never triggered. Everyone agrees with them, and they can enact violence however they see fit against the people that don't. And they can have this constant upgrading of just um, outwoking each other to, to, to the point where it gets nuclear, right? But we're going to make sure they can't get nukes. I don't think any of them are going to figure out how to make nukes, but we'll definitely no. make sure uh, the CIA is on top of that at all times, monitoring what goes in there. So It's definitely going to be chemical warfare. But there, no. there'll, be, <laughs> there'll be some things going on, but at the end of the day, the people that stayed on this side of the fence that were kind of like, I don't know, were they really that bad? Were those ideas really that bad? They kind of get to see within their lifetime the complete implosion and the the inevitable end of of letting those philosophies go unchecked to the to the inevitable degree. They, they have a destined place that they're gonna end up. So to see that get played out in real time. I think it'll solidify everybody's appreciation that's on this side of the fence. And once it all falls apart, right, we go back to some old school 17, 
or 1500 shit and be like, oh, I don't think anybody's using this land. Let's just go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and confiscate this for America. And we and yeah. we and we, we and we this is known as the second colonialization. But it's way more righteous this time because we didn't kill anybody. We didn't steal anything. Oh, we're going to have to kill some people. No, they're going you know to gonna have they're to not going to survive. Bro, listen, exactly. Exactly. That's why we're gonna have to kill them. Is because they won't survive. <laughs> listen, <laughs> there, there's a thousand reasons for people from Co America to try to get into the rest of the country. Thousands of reasons that they could need shit, want shit, be angry about shit. But it's the most racist place in the world. Why would you want to come uh, here? Of course, they're going to need supplies. They're going to need resources. They're going to need a whole lot of shit. From racist gonna... oppressors? Absolutely. Th- th- those Surely are the people that they're they... more moral than that, though. No, listen, they already want reparations from a country who they openly admit is still white supremacists. So why wouldn't they want just resources and everything else from, listen, and then when they don't get it, shit's going to go bad. There's only one reason that people from the rest of America will want to go into co-America. Well, two reasons. That's drugs and the red light district. <laughs> just going to say, there's going to be a lot of drugs. Lot drugs and peddling. That's it. Drugs <laughs> and sex work. That's the only two reasons there are to go in there. But there's thousands of reasons for them to try to get into the rest of the country. Yeah, bro. You think people are going to be doing covert missions to get into co-America? Or are they going to be organizing to get out, take what they need, and get back in without getting caught? Uh, You You can see the movie already. You can see the movie. The people who want to go into co-America are going to be college kids who got a bunch of cash on them. And they're going to be driving in like, uh, we're here to go to Corn Pops party. (laughs) <laughs> and motherfuckers are gonna be like yeah two houses down and to the left and they're gonna go in there they're gonna get all their drugs they're gonna get high they're gonna bank some hookers and get diseases all that shit and then they're gonna come back in and that, that could be an issue I could see where that could be a problem you know a health hazard and all that shit but them coming out is not gonna be anything casual at all they're gonna have bolt cutters they're gonna have fucking thermite grenades and shit like that whatever they could get they're gonna want more weapons who are they gonna get weapons from well, I mean, uh, I mean, you you make the argument that one of the jobs in uh, regular America or North America or whatever we're gonna call it, uh, uh, Northeast America. No, nah, um, we're keeping America. We ain't changing our name for those fucks. They changed okay. their name. We okay, okay. So they, they're Fuck co-America. That. We're America. <laughs> and and well, I mean, maybe that'll be one of the. You know, I mean, we'll have to up our uh, national security budget. Uh, but maybe we can get away from all of this uh, needless spying and, uh, you know, get some, you know, militarized border security. That's it. That's just that. Monitor, just... monitor their radio stations and listen to all the shit that they're saying because they're going to be angry in there. They're not going to be like, man, we're so happy that they finally left us alone. They're going to be like, those capitalist fuck pigs left us here to die. They're, they're going to be angry, bro. They're not going to be happy at all. They're going to be pissed the entire time. You give them exactly what they asked for, and they're going to be pissed immediately. Oh, don't get me wrong. It'll be like Chaz. It'll be a party for, like, you know, it looked like the, a party in the Matrix. Well, not the Matrix, in Zion. You know, the party in Zion. And that'll last yeah, for yeah, about, yeah. you know, two weeks, maybe three weeks if you're lucky. But right around the 30-day mark, shit's going to start getting real. Nobody cleaned up their messes, their bottled water. People are going to be shitting in the streets. Like It's going to get bad real quick. Who's going to clean that up? Nobody. Because who wants that job? Nobody. 
Yeah, but but do you think that everybody else wants to do the boring, responsible work to 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 take to pick up their slack so that they can just you know have the luxury to berate everybody? I mean, they're gonna have I, to pay us to go in there and clean it up. They're gonna have to pay people from America to come in there and clean it. They'll hire a sanitation service from America, and they can I only mean, pay with drugs and sex work. <laughs> I just, I, but I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna be like making a. It's, it's, it's gonna be one a giant skid row. It'll be a giant, thousands of acres skid row. Period. Period. And well, okay, maybe maybe I'm being unfair. Let's 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 keep it real. Let's keep it real. Well, Puffy's going. Puffy's no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's lying. We're all lying. Right? No, there is no way. That's not what he wants. You can't pass the Cavassier in there. You can't do it. But but here's the thing. This is the chance for everybody to put their money where their mouth is. There's enough people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars talking that big shit. Jeff Bezos. You know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. They got enough resources. Yo, run it. Go. Do it. Do it. Yeah. I could see them being, they'll be the overlords. They will. They will. Puffy's whole life will look like one of them old rap videos, bro. It'll be like it'll be like some shit you see in a scene in Rush Hour. Like, you got to go in a club and talk to him. He's got his bodyguards around him and shit. And all his money's worth like seven times more than it is in actual America. Yep. Because yeah. everybody there is broke, desperate, and has no right. skills. Right. So he can just rain single dollars on them and shit. Like, yeah, they would be, they would be the overlords. They would be the gods of, of Comerica. And I'm and I'm fine with that. Me too. I, I ain't mad and, at that. And and I'd be interested to circle back in a couple months when we're when we're doing all the uh, spying on them to make sure we're keeping a you know keeping an eye on them to to just see uh, if anything else becomes the new the new that shit is racist line because I I don't think that they're just going to be able to work that out of their repertoire like that that's become a, a permanent tactic so I I don't know what the new thing's going to be. Cause, no, cause they have to just change the rules immediately. They have to change the rules immediately. Calling somebody racist will now be the greatest offense ever committed. Oh shit! If you call them a racist, right? So if you actually wow. call somebody racist, that's like a that's going to be you know a remnant from the old paradigm. Like you're trying to use white supremacy. You're trying to wake up right the the ghost of white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> you it, it it'll be like yo racism would be like Voldemort. It's just the, the he who we do not speak of. We don't say those words. You know, it'll be euphemisms and anything else you can call somebody. But racist will be banned. That'll be banned. Oh, this is going to be a prima nocta's coming back. We, we, it's coming back. There's got to be. There's got to be a divorce, man. There, yeah. There, 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 there's. We have a constituency of people within the country that it doesn't matter what the facts are. They're not interested in them. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. They're going to shoehorn it into a narrative. They're going to weaponize every single news event. It's nonstop, no matter what concessions are made, no matter what verifiable, measurable progress and correction has been established, it'll never be acknowledged. So this is, this is, this is a girlfriend that you can never make happy. And so at some point, it's like, okay, your life sucks with me. 
then we we need to go our own separate ways. You know what? You're right. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a fucking piece of shit. You'd be much happier without me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Live your life. I wish thee well. And then then inevitably she'll be outraged that you actually let her leave. Fair enough. But, (laughs) I mean, at, at some point, productive, sane people deserve happiness outside of all of this bullshit that's going on. They, they they have taken over the culture and ruined everything. I forgot the last thing. Oh, yeah, they're trying to cancel Borat. The new what? Borat movie, which I'm looking forward to. Why are they trying to cancel Borat, bro? The estate of some Jewish woman that died said that she would not want to have it released because um, she wouldn't have liked the fact that he's uh, making fun of uh, her or Jewish culture or whatever. And it's like, you know, this dude is Jewish. You know, like, that's the joke. Is he's making fun of anti-Semitic, like, Jew-hating Muslims. Like, that's the joke. He's joking like he's from one of them Eastern Bloc countries where they don't care for the juice. It's not their favorite beverage. Like, that's the joke. He wasn't attacking you. He's a character. But no, we don't know what jokes are anymore. We don't understand what it is to joke, so... He's actually advocating for the... Ex- and I thought about it, too. You saw the first Borat, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, could yeah, you imagine... Could you imagine if we held that dude to the standards of what his jokes were in the movie? Oh, if we just started... Yo, he thinks Jewish people are roaches. Yo, he thinks there should be an event called the running of the Jews. <laughs> like, <laughs> Throw the would... Jew down the well. <laughs> <laughs> So was, my country can be free. You know, I, that, I, that's one of my favorite parts of that shit because he actually had people singing it for a little while <laughs> before they realized what he was saying. Singing "Throw the Jew Down the Well," it's amazing. And I don't understand how well, you can't hold that guy to any type of standard just because it's like trying to hold South Park to a standard. They've already shown you that they don't give a shit and they're gonna no completely fuck. wild out on anybody and nobody's safe. So it's the same thing with Borat. It's, it's too absurd for you to try to hold it to real-world standards. But 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 here's the thing, too, is that this is why I say it's just an insatiable girlfriend that I'm fucking sick of. Fuck you, just leave. I'm sick of hearing your shit. Sacha Baron Cohen is super outspoken on the woke shit. He was, I think... One of the reasons why Facebook started banning Holocaust denial groups, which, again, if you're not a publisher, you shouldn't get to moralize. They're okay if they guess. I mean, it's just like a channel. Like, do do you have to go and watch the History Channel when it's, you know, the World War Two Hitler porn? Because that's really all that shit is. It's Hitler porn. The World War Two. Like, okay, they, they. Every whatever Saturday from blah 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 to blah, they they got the World War II Hitler porn going. Okay, um, you you got like three hundred other channels. You don't have to go to that channel. You don't have to go to the Holocaust deniers or questioners, however you want to phrase it. You don't have to go to their page. You don't have to do, agree with them. If it's open to the public, you could go there and tell them why you don't agree with them. They shouldn't even call them Holocaust deniers. They should call them historical event deniers. That just makes... I think that makes it a a little bit more in context. Are we really angry at people who are denying things that happened in the past? Is that what we're mad about? Right. Is that really the conversation? These people are saying something that happened didn't happen. 
Well, what about what about a Garden of Eden deniers? I mean, just just flip it on its head. What about to Garden, make it other? Garden of Eden believers are scarier than Garden of Eden deniers at this point. People, people right? But who... I'm saying it, it all depends on it all depends on whose perspective you're coming from. Right. So people that deny the Big Bang, Big Bang, or per, people that deny the creation story, either one of them could be offensive to the other. But why? I don't understand that. Oh, the Big Bang oh, didn't Erica. happen. Okay. All right. Well, guess what? We're here. We're at Starbucks. What are you talking about? Oh, God made it all with a thought. Okay, but we're standing here in the line at Starbucks. What are you talking about? Why does any of this shit matter to another person, whether they agree or disagree? We're talking about an event that whether it, it, it really, really, in the context of existing in the world today, doesn't matter. Oh, not it wasn't really that many Jewish people who died. Okay, bro, so what? Then what? Right, and so, but that's the thing, and that's my instinct, and I know it's a bad instinct, and I want to try to be as sensitive as possible. Um, my ancestors fleeing the Holocaust, that effect on my life is zero. It's zero. Right. It's zero. It's depressing to read about. If you're telling me that humans are, in, are capable of fucked up behavior, yeah, I know. Um, but... If it's somehow moral for me to be outraged or to want to silence someone who's like, nah, I don't think that that shit happened. I, I, I couldn't be any more outraged if someone said the Civil War never happened, that the Haitian Revolution never happened. Right, right. That, that the, the Spanish Armada, you know, they never took off. It never happened. Right. I don't care. Right. It literally bears. You know, black people were never taken as Africa from slaves. Oh, right. All, all right. Well, then what? What are we talking about? I don't understand why there would be an right. argument, a ban, or or some type of this person is denying past events. That's probably the least worrisome thread, thing. That's what you get to. You yeah, start that's... getting to well, you got to ban some of them sovereign citizens, or you got to start banning people like yeah, black people are always in America. We did. We, yeah, we, we flew here. We we got here first. Okay, <laughs> they all got to get fined. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know how you prove that or who gets to make that call. So it's just like no, no. It's either free speech for everybody or free speech for nobody. Like if, if all it takes is for someone to dis disagree with you, there's literally not an idea that you can put out that everybody agrees with. Nothing. Not yeah, even nothing. that the fucking world is round. Right. Not that vaccines are a good idea. Settled science. It you're no not everybody is going to agree with you. So if you're gonna have a philosophical authoritative source, that's dangerous. Because again, so if you're a um a Bible believing Christian, right, your authoritative source is gonna be the Bible. So if you're running Facebook, yeah, you're shutting down all of the big bang groups. No, you don't get to talk about that. So I just don't understand how, because you want to talk about history, we look at the tyranny and authoritarianism of like the Catholic Church and how the church was silencing ideas and murdering scientists. Like I was just looking at the stars and I, I saw that the sun was, the sun's in the middle. You got to fucking die. We look at that and we're like, this is horrible. What a horrible idea. If it's horrible when religion does it, it's horrible when science does it. Right. It's horrible when the left does it. It's horrible when the right does it. We shouldn't be rooting for anybody. 
that's getting to silence other people. So if he is, you know, uh, instrumental in getting um, Holocaust deniers or history deniers off the web, I mean, I'd like to say it's kind of poetic justice that now they're fucking with him and not letting get in his movie out. But I don't want more of it. I don't want to just, okay, well, you did it, so I want it to happen to you. I hope you learn from it and maybe ease up, but stop fucking ruining everything. That's going to be a fucking hilarious movie. I'm sure of it. Stop fucking with stuff. Leave it alone. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's just getting juvenile. It's past juvenile at this point. I feel like even if we walled off a section of the country and let them become communists, it would be almost be irresponsible like a parent letting their kid leave the house with a backpack with a like peanut butter and jelly sandwich in it. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm leaving for good. And you're just like, okay, All right. buddy. All right. <laughs> it's going to get dark soon. Are you sure? Did you, did you take any other clothes? Or you, nope, I just got this sandwich. All, all, all right, pal. It's irresponsible. How far do you let the kid walk yeah. down the block before you just run and grab him? And, or do you just let him stay the night outside and hope nothing eats him? It's fucked up. But I mean, what these are adults we're talking about and they claim they know what they want. They have some really like complex and smooth ideas about how if you just put a cap on people's earning and like if you just take all of Jeff Bezos's money and hand it out to everybody else, they got some, I mean, you know, cool ideas. It seems like it seems like they'd solve the problems really fast. They're like, well, you just don't let people own property and then everybody can just live where they want and it'll work itself out. It's like, oh, okay. All right. And I know I'm oversimplifying. I'm 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 bugging. I'm joking right now, but that's pretty much the type of shit they be saying. Outlaw ownership of property. I've seen that. They're like, well, what do they call it? D something uh rent something, you know, they want to do abolish rent. And I was just thinking about that, like, okay, abolish rent means you can't earn any commercial, like you can't own property commercially. You can only own the place that you actually live in. So what are we gonna do with these buildings that take up the footprint that could house maybe two families and they build up high and now 46 people live in that unit where are they all going to live at if or you just let them stay there and what, who do they pay or you don't pay to live anymore that, that sounds kind of cool right but how's that going to work i mean they, they just have cool ideas i don't know how they plan to work any of that shit out and i don't know where corruption's going just human corruption seems to go away when you have communism as far as, you know, the, the young people who say they want communism now, I don't think there's a metric in there for human corruption. They just think it's going to go away or that it belongs to capitalism. If we do this over here, then nobody's going to rig the game. Nobody's going to cook the books. Everything will be fine. Re- re- really? Is that what you're... Okay. It's the evidence that they don't understand how anything works. Nothing. How right. nothing gets done how it's just all taken for granted that everything that's here is just a given. It just happened organically. That there wasn't a, a republic uh, organizing and making demands of its citizen and having the authority to enforce uh, laws. Like, yeah, there's, there's, a, there, there's a little bit of authoritarianism in every government. The government has the power to uh, force people to do shit at gunpoint. Um, so the difference is what you think is just going to happen organically and there's not going to be any corruption or whatever, it's actually going to be people 
they're going to decide whether they're going to do what they're supposed to do or not. And the difference is when you have a free market, they're going to be motivated by self-interest as ugly as that, as that sounds and the, and the ugly connotation that's been given, but it's going to be in people's interest to give good service, to do good quality work, right? To go out and maybe work a job that they're not thrilled about, but it, it, it serves a purpose in society and it allows them to, to pay their rent. So there's, there's enough soft motivations to get people out there to be productive. If you're going to try to just say, hey, it's all going to work itself out, the first time somebody says, nah, I'm not doing that, well, out come the guns. That's, that's the only motivator. Like, right. how, how are you going to get, um, I'm going to assume at least $100 million. I think the majority of the country is going to stay on our side. But I think maybe 100 million people will buy into their shit. Okay, so 100 million people, they're all going to be doing what uh, they're being told to do, and they're going to have their careers and their destinies all determined by the government, and everybody's going to be cool with that, and you're going to be able to plan all that out and strategize that, and everybody's just going to agree, and it's nonsense. It's yeah. nonsense. And, and it also doesn't make sense, too, because, you know... Like Antifa, they got like anarchy flags. So it's like you want you want more government control in order to empower anarchy. I don't even yeah, know how yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of them, a lot of these people I've been hearing talk about the socialism, or they they use the prefix anarcho. I'm an anarcho socialist. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? How is anarchy part of your name? And then you're going to describe to me the system that you want to put in place. Right. Do those two, how, how do those two things work? Oh, well, I think you, you're misunderstanding the word anarchy. Actually, when used in a political, shut the fuck up. I know what anarchy is. Don't give me right. no fancy talk. If you call if any part of your ideology for a system of how humanity should be functioning and you're using the word anarchy, I don't need to hear nothing else you have to say. I'm done talking to you. And if that's wrong, I guess I just got to be wrong. Why would I ever listen to to somebody talk about how society should conduct itself and you want to introduce the word anarchy into the conversation and not as something to avoid? Right. And the idea that there's not going to be something that is a hierarchy that emerges. Like whenever you hear people explain anarchy, there always ends up being a hierarchy of something because people are going to have to settle disputes. Like I kind of get, you know, the extreme libertarian, you know, anarcho-capitalist thing. Okay, well, we're we're just, the government's not going to be in control. People can barter and solve their problems. We we don't need anybody in control of us. We can just figure it out. But it's like, yeah, you're going to get to a point where, um, what if you have to settle a dispute? Where the way the disputes would be settled is we would go before other people in the community and they, oh, you mean like a jury? You mean like a judge? And right. and 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 how would you even establish who was right or wrong if there was no agreed upon law ahead of time? Like it's just, you. I don't think you're. I don't think you're playing chess. I don't think you played five or six moves ahead to really figure out that once you destroy everything. All you're going to be doing is trying to rebuild it all again. You you just resent the fact that it was here before you, and you just want to rebuild it all in your own image right. and know that you had a hand 
in establishing it and creating it. You know, even in a cult, even if you go and you have a cult, there's there's some sort of hierarchy. You could say, yeah. oh, well, we have more freedom. You know, we're all living off the land and there's not really any government presence and we all get along. Yeah, because you because you've agreed. There's an agreement in purpose and plan and investing your energy. But if you're trying to manage hundreds of millions of people and they haven't all agreed on each other's terms, there's no way you're going to be able to integrate them together and get them to work together in any way. Like, I think people take for granted how amazing it is that you have hundreds of millions of people that are whose energy is connected for each other's benefit. And at the end of the day, they don't have to give a fuck what the other people think. They don't have to agree with all of the people that they're servicing. And they they have the ability to not even associate with certain people, but to still get the benefits of what they do. I'm sure there's some legitimate white supremacists that have laid pipes that bring water to black communities. Right. I'm sure there's some legitimate uh, black supremacist masons that have that did the stonework for a white family's house. Like, I'm sure that's happened. So even people that would hate each other, because, because there's a benefit to, to one another from, from lending our talents to each other and being willing to pay each other to give us services, you're, you're getting the, the best out of people with, with not having to deal with the worst out of people. It's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I guess. I, I just don't. I see immediate chaos, sustained chaos. I know. And then them trying to break through the wall and tough reinvade the place that they just ran away. Shoot from. them on side, three to center mass. Yeah, tough uh, love. pretty much. Pretty tough much. love. That's you what got you got. What coming. you want? You got what you want. You made life miserable. You destroyed comedy. You got any number of people fired. You were emotional social terrorists for over a decade. We're done. We're yeah. done here. There's nothing. We tried to reason with you. We tried to talk sense into you. We tried to mock you for your own. And you've just gotten worse. Now you're just straight shooting people in the face at protests. Right. Like you've, you've lost your fucking mind. We can't. At some point, it's okay. At some point, I get your analogy about the kid. And it's true. And I would like to lean on that side, too, even though they're grown adults. It's like, look, you're a fellow human being. What you're asking me for is actually to your own detriment. You're better off here. You don't get that you're better off here. And I want you to get that you're better off here. But you're raping the other people in the house. You're raping and murdering the other people in the house. You're So at some point, you got to decide, like, there's other people in the house that are like being decent to one another and aren't going out and shooting their political enemies in the face. They just aren't. So for the sake of those people, even though we want you to get it and we would like to see you be in a better situation and enjoy all the luxuries of the house that you live in. And we don't want to just, Hey, pack up your sandwich, take your book bag and, you know, hit the, hit the trail like a hobo. Even though there's all these dangers out here and we love you and we'd want to keep you from them, at the point where you're just starting to be a violent pain in the ass to everybody around you, at some point it's like, okay, I'm going to cut my losses. Right. I, I, I don't want to spend all of my life energy trying to reason with people that don't want to be reasoned with 
or trying to create a semblance of a, 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 a structured, safe society in the midst of people who are just uh, being allowed to commit chaos. Because this ain't even a thing like uh, there's an element stopping them. You know what I'm saying? It's like they have political power to the point that mayors and everybody else are like, yeah, fuck it up. Burn it. We'll release you. We're not even going to charge you. Cool. You want to run your civilization that way? I agree with you. Whatever it is that's here that you feel so determined that you want to burn down and destroy and people that have a political philosophy that you don't even appreciate what we have to the degree that you'll curb the violence from those people and actually prosecute them, you're down just to let them go and burn? Cool. Obviously, coexisting is not an option. And if you lived on the other side of the wall in your your com- your anarcho-commune utopia, you obviously wouldn't have a complaint. You wouldn't have the need to burn anything down. And, and so that just seems better to me. That just seems better than me. And yes, I'm sad to have to give up Florida. But it, it, it was... We're not, it, we're not giving up Florida. They're getting the bottom I, left quadrant. I, I, Florida, I, Florida I, has I, one of the best <laughs> growing seasons in the country. Those jackasses aren't going to grow anything but some shit you could grow in a Petri dish. That's all that's going to get grown there. They're, they're not going to take advantage of the shit that, that this place has to offer, so fuck them. Um, yeah, we're not doing the... That's too much of a divide. That's too much of a divide. If we just give them a lot right. of Texas, uh, you know, a, a summer Texas, and then you hook it around and get all of that other shit on the left and, you know, all that all that over there, they can have whatever they want. But Half of Texas, Nevada, New Mexico. All of that. Yeah. They can have it. And I think okay. it'll work because it's a, it's a big... Uh, it's a big piece of swath of land and it has a little bit of everything you know the coastal shit the, they, they're gonna have a lot of different soil textures a lot of different climates going on in there so people can move around if you'd rather be a little bit more cold while you yeah. avoid rape and starving to death you can go to <laughs> some of these other places if you prefer to be a little warmer with you know to nurse your fucking diseases that you're definitely gonna have and you know there's places for you to go you know, I'm glad I, I ran this by you because the more you lay it out, it's it's it makes much more sense the way I was just trying to be as fair and as righteous as possible in granting access. But now that I think about it, you know, yeah. if you've got access to the Gulf of Mexico, you've got for the most part access to the East Coast. You'll be able to have shipping routes or whatever. You don't need to actually get all the way over to the East Coast. Some land in the Gulf, you, you'll have ports that that's good enough. Yeah, that's good enough. New Mexico, and, and, Arizona, and Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Utah, Nevada, California, all of that. They can have all of that. Yeah, I think that's well, I think Utah that's good. won't go. Utah we, might have to they might have to take one for the team. I, I we would try to negotiate it. I got a feeling that if it came down to it, we would we would see Utah turn into the Koresh compound. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, we got this child bride thing going on. We got these eight right, wives things right, going right. on. That might Everybody work for the for, well that well that might work they for a communist the most, America. They would be the most organized faction. Yeah, yeah, that's where everybody would go. Yeah, I can see that being like a safe haven, that almost like an in between kind of place. Where if you if you get sick of all the communist shit, you could just step over. Like there there'll be those border places where you're not Ooh. completely convinced. Great idea. You, be, you know what I'm saying? Like all the shit Utah's on the fringe. Militarized zone. Right, 
Right. Utah's like a transition kind of thing. They got right. their culty religion. Right. And so they can be super religiously biased about who they're taking in or not. And if they want to take in the poor huddled masses that are coming in, they're just not releasing them up into, into our area. But yeah, I think Utah that's the best. And Colorado. I think Utah both and of those Colorado's places. are sovereign. It's a sovereign middle ground. Yeah. They're the Switzerland yeah. brokering peace between the, the co Americas. Right. Okay. Right. Right, I like that. And then the further you go south is the more committed you are. You know what I mean? You stay closer to those border, those those free zones, just in case you need to get out and you change your mind and you want to act like, you know, you want to invest in the stock market and shit. If you want those kind of things, <laughs> you, can, you can sneak out through Colorado or Utah. Not sneak out, you can transition out through Colorado or Utah. But once you're down into Arizona, New Mexico, you're in California, it's just a wrap for you. We can't help you no more. There's nothing uh, we can if do we, for If it. we take people back, I want them chipped. I want full-on Mark of the Beast shit if they come back. We want to be able to track you. You got to go through a, through a training program, a re-education. You got to go through all the shit that you want to push on other people, but with actual information and, and practical knowledge that will help you be a productive citizen. I think, so I if, think I have an easier way, and it won't require a chip, right? What you do is right here in those in those transitional states, when you start your transition program, you get moved to a different level of society, right? So where you just came from was one way. You say, I want to start a transition program. I think I want to just get back into capitalist America. Uh, you know, my mind is right. I think I'm ready. They'll be like, okay, so we'll send you over to one of the next neighboring states where everything is early at and we'll, everything will be taken care of for you. You have a little bit of work to do, but everything will be taken care of for you. All we have to do is put them in a place where they can get like that. We'll give them like a card, a government welfare card, because <laughs> it's all digital money anyway. It won't matter. And it's all a social experiment. And we, we have fucking Starbucks and Target and Chipotle and all the shit that they miss. We make them spend 90 days there. 90 days with, a, with Walmarts and McDonald's and all of that. And by the time they transition and they get actually out into capitalist America, they'll be so fucking euphoric from the sugar and the fucking salt and all the bright <laughs> colors. They're, they're never going back. They're never going back. You think you're going to willingly go back into Mad Max after you've had a mocha frappuccino every day for the last two months? You're, you're a much kinder soul to me. I got Yo, a totally it's so different much take easier. on it. It's so much easier. It's like the, the the Mormons and shit. Like, oh, I'm going to let my sons go out. They're going to go on their fucking right. pilgrimage. And then they're going to come back because they see the truth. And the first place they go to is a strip club. It's right. over. <laughs> it's over, bro. He just got a lap dance. He's never coming back. You How don't want to chip him. Right. You don't have to chip him. I, maybe that was a little harsh. And this will probably be a lot harsher. But hear me out. So we need to compete with China. We can't compete with China. China essentially has slave labor. We're never going to be able to produce anything as cheap as China. Unless uh -oh. <laughs> that a part of your reentrance is you sign a seven-year agreement oh my to, God. to be leased out to the Mormons. Is this slavery? <laughs> is leased out to the Mormons. Is this slavery that we're talking about? Not, we're not, not slavery because it's voluntary. Oh, it's okay. a, se a seven-year contract. And it's basically you paying your penance for shitting on capitalism and abandoning it. And it's the way whereby you demonstrate that you understand the value of it. And now the Mormons, they become 
the number one manufacturing center in the world. We're able to compete with China in terms of cost. We have the lowest cost production because we have an endless pipeline of transitioners uh, who are trying to escape Mad Max. That shit and so, reeks of juice. <laughs> it's reeks of juice, bro. I just got to let you know. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But while they're there, it's not slavery. It's not communism. They're committed to render their labor in service of a larger enterprise, but they get to they they the transition process is yes, they're gonna get access to the McDonald's and to the Starbucks and all those other things. So they're not working 18 hours a day, seven days a week in a cot in the Foxconn. It's different, you know, so it's gonna be a more humane program. It's gonna be hard work, you're not gonna be getting a full wage, but you'll be able to start dabbling in other capitalistic opportunities right. to get you to see the value of, okay, I'm training my time for labor and I'm not really getting shit, but the the Mormons aren't demanding so much time, you know, maybe 25 to 30 hours a week. It's not grueling, right? And then they have classes that they can go to where they can learn about entrepreneurship. They'll be in their own little communities where they can start figuring out who has what talents and they start bartering, right? And they start learning you know, because they're kind of on a subsistence existence for a while, they start to learn how they could be of service to one another and what their talents are. So it's kind of culty, kind of capitalist, but it would really be a thing of kind of self-discovery of like, oh, you know what? I, I did figure out that everybody, when we go to the factory uh, to work, our, our, 20, our 25 or 30 hours uh, for the Mormon overlords, you know, I noticed that we were getting scuff marks on our shoes and the shoes were getting, you know, worn down. So I came up with these little sleeves I put over the shoes and I came up with different colors that they come in and people really liked them and it was making my boots last longer. And now people, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a horrible example because I have no entrepreneurial uh, spirit, <laughs> but, but, but the, the, the but mother, uh, the, the, well, necessity is the mother of invention. They'll figure it out. They'll get acclimated to the new environment. So they'll be helping us compete with China by rendering their labor for seven years to help us get low-cost uh, production and manufacturing to, to the Mormons, right? So the Mor Mormons will be known as the number one manufacturing community in all of the world for, for low-cost, and it'll be all based on, uh, you know, the commitment from these people that want to transition. The people that are transitioning are now seeing, they've learned the error of their ways because they've come out of the chaos that, and they realize, hey, as good as these ideas sound, um, when you actually try to live them out, they just don't work. And so I want to pay back my debt, so I'm going to give. Because you got to realize, too, that most of the people that are going to go over there, they're people that really haven't been doing shit over here anyway. Right? right. So they, they probably got a good 10 to 15 years of adulthood of not really working. So when you think about it in that context, it's hard to feel bad about the seven years. And it, it will not be called slavery. That's bad branding. It's a contract. Yeah. It's a leasing agreement to lease your labor for an agreed-upon time. It's biblical. The Mormons will bring up the, the Jacob and uh, Rachel story so they, they can integrate it into their whole mythology or whatever. I just feel like it works for everybody. It solves the manufacturing problem. It gives people a way to come back. Um, it, uh, it, can, it can fit into the, the Mormon mythology it helps the demilitarized, uh, demilitarized zone as the transition area. I, I just feel that it 
it can be workable now that you've put the idea in my head that there is a path back. Because I was content just to let them all destroy themselves and yeah. confiscate the land after, you know, everything yeah. kind of just disappears and dissipates into nothing. But I'll say this also. One of the best ways that America is going to fight China and that whole influence is to re-educate the population. So, and I know that kind of language is scary to a lot of people, but that's what's going to have to happen. It's going to have to be some... Uh, some very well thought out propaganda shit's going to have to be seeded into children's cartoons and shit like that. We're going to have to disincentivize at a cultural level, uh, excess, just having a bunch of random shit that just needs to be disincentivized at a cultural level. It has to be the whole buying of dollar store shit and little plastic fucking doodads. And just, that's the reason China can, fuck us over for the most part cheap shit cheap horrible shit that you're gonna buy 14 of in the next three years instead of just buying one really good one not only that though but um they're talking i mean it it would be one thing if it was just all that cheap shit and maybe that's how it started out but now it's like really important shit like fucking ventilators (laughs) and antibiotics well, that that should yeah. be that's because of the greed. That's you know price the prices these motherfuckers want here to to build and make shit like that is just outrageous. We haven't been doing enough uh, work in technology and textile research and all of that shit because you can just buy it cheap from somewhere else. All right. that's got to get disincentivized. You can't have people thinking like that. We have to ha- start putting people to work here and changing that crazy-ass inflation of how much something should cost. There's no way that they can make it for what, you know, you can make a whole refrigerator for $6 in China and ship it over here, and that makes it make sense for them. But to get Americans to make a refrigerator here, the refrigerator's got to cost $1,000 at the store. You can't make it for 8 bucks like they do. All right, let's. Can you make it for twelve? Is that? I mean, is that reasonable? It's like, nah, it's gonna cost us one hundred seventy-two dollars to make it. Why is it that much of a disparity when it comes to building this shit? Why is nobody entering? Again, that's that's it. That's. I mean, it's really simple. It's fucked up, and we don't like to think about it because we only like to think about slave labor in the context of black and white in America. But if your shit costs six dollars over there. And it would cost $600 over here. There's a really simple answer. <laughs> you got motherfuckers working against their will around the clock. Right. <laughs> it's easy to get shit at low cost like that. And so, America's like, see, we told you this shit. This is how you do it. This is just how you do it. Fucking crazy. That's unbelievable, bro. And this shit, it can't be just the shit that's, uh, that we need there has to be a way to make that shit here for a reasonable amount. There just has to be. I, I, I get the whole slave labor part, but I'm just saying. There has to be, yo. There has to be people who are here who are willing to build the shit that needs to be built. There's got to be some type of system set up to where it can get done. It's a lot of stupid money being spent. We're we spending hundreds of millions of dollars on fucking missiles. Mm-hmm. On missiles, bro. We like, if you're going to... You come on! You got to be able to make a couple. How many ventilators can you make for for one tomahawk? And just, I mean, and doesn't that solve a couple of problems if you just kind of outfit? And I'm even willing to do government subsidies and help incentivize it with some 
some taxpayer cooperation and funding. Okay, um, when we're not at war and there's not a war that we need to be in, how about you guys build refrigerators? Right. Like, right. because if all you build is bombs, that means there always has to be a war. People are always going to need food. So just to set them up so that just like I think, I forget what it was, I think in World War II where they converted factories. Right, exactly. You know, like, we were making cars, well, fuck it, now we're going to make bombs. So if if we can change during war times to get non-war manufacturing companies to start manufacturing weapons of war, we should be able to do the inverse in times of peace. And yeah, we I think we could do it. And yeah, it may be a little bit more expensive. Okay. Okay. It's just not going to be able to replace your fridge as much. Right. And we make them better. Make them so that they last. Stop doing this planned obsolescent shit. Stop using that one part that you know is, is it usually works for about three and a half years before it snaps because you know they're going to have to get it replaced. Stop doing that stupid shit. Just make people shit that they can keep for a long period of time and not have to, you know, they, they can do, make washers and dryers better than they do. I saw uh, something a guy had took his washer apart to fix it and he saw that there was a place where there was a where the water drains or something like that, where there was a washer in between a, a bolt and a nut, right? Uh, and a, there was a washer in there, and the washer was made out of a certain type of metal that reacted with the tub, the metal tub in the pool. And it started to eat away at it, and over time it starts to leak. And he said that if they had just used a different type of metal washer, that problem wouldn't exist, which makes me believe somebody did that on purpose. What are the chances that nobody figured out the type of metal the tub is made from and the type of metal this washer is made from? If they touch each other, there's going to be a reaction. Like some, so that just miraculously brought itself together to fuck people over every few years and nobody thought of that? That somebody did that on purpose to make sure you have to buy a new washer in, in the next four or five years. I think that shit should be illegal. That should be a jailable offense. Mm. If somebody can reverse engineer your product and say yeah see this bulb right here this thing right here is gonna short out and it shorts out in three years there's this other part right here they could have used it costs seven cents more and it'll last for eight years so i you know there's an 88.7 percent chance they did this on purpose to fuck you over that should be you know you should get in some trouble for that and not just like oh we're gonna find you a million dollars and get more money no somebody's going to jail so like, we're not going to say you like to get shanked in rape jail, but you're going to lose your freedom for about three or four years because you're an asshole. Mm. I'd be down with that. I'd be maybe down with a, that. Maybe a year. Maybe. Three like, or depends four on years what it was. Harsh. This sounds like know. trying to get people to work for half price for seven years or some shit. That's crazy. No, yeah, right. <laughs> now, I don't want to. I just want to punish planned obsolescence. I, or or either, either punish it or make people. <laughs> Make them write it on their products. This product lasts about three to seven years. That I'm, I'm, you know what, for and and that and see and and this is where, this is where, um, you got to get out of the fucking left and right paradigm, and just be about solutions because I can already hear people on the right being outraged at that. They they would call like uh consumer protectionism, like it's uh. Parentalism, yeah. like you're kind yeah. of making a nanny state type shit. But nah, that that's reasonable. If that's your business model, you should be transparent about it. 
Like, look, we make shit that only lasts three years. And another positive thing that you can get out of that, too, is if things are built to last longer, it makes sense they're going to have to charge more for it. So this is kind of an opportunity for there to be a lot more money to be made and a lot more jobs for people to have uh, to, to, to fill in that now pretty much most people are going to have to finance shit. Right. Right. Because, I mean, people are financing fridges now. But, yeah, if you got to finance a fridge for 800 bucks, right, but now you're financing the fridge for 1500 bucks, I mean, yeah, it does cost more. You're absolutely right. But when it gets right down to it, I mean, 1500 or $800 is just how long you're making the payment on the fridge that you need to be replaced. So if you're going to make a $50 a payment, $50 a payment a month for 12 months to pay off a $600 fridge, and that fridge only lasts three years. I mean, if you're making the $50 a payment for three years, but the fridge lasts 10, I mean, is that really a, a loss right. in value? People should be able to right. make that kind of decision. And it's and it's all in the same place. So when you go buy a light bulb, you can see this light bulb lasts six to 12 months. And there's another light bulb that costs, you know, a dollar more that, that lasts a year to three years or something like that. People should be able to make that decision right there in the store. Tell me how long these washing machines last on average. Right. And there's ones that if it, if it's you know uh, double the price, but it but the time that it's meant to last is easily like you can say okay that makes more sense for me to buy that. I think people should be able to make that decision because the the people who design it are definitely 100% making that decision. It's not just this is how we made it and this is the parts that we use. There's always an option. To go like, okay, well, these parts kind of suck. We could go up a little bit. They cost a little bit more, but we want to keep costs down. So they're doing all of those equations. Why shouldn't the, the consumer have access to what the result of that equation is and let them decide how they want to spend their money? Because, you know, some people don't give a fuck. Some people are going to buy the $99 refrigerator that they know is going to break in 18 months. And they'll just say, fuck it. I, I got 100 bucks. I need this fridge. I'll take it. A lot of people are still going to do that. But I think more people would probably make a better decision. Like, and, and you can't always assume that this fridge is $100. That was $200. That one must be better. That's not necessarily true. You can't just say, well, the more expensive one is automatically going to be better because that's not always true. So it should be in some type of report you could look at right there in the store. They don't have to break it down piece by piece and tell you how much the fucking the motor cost and shit, but they should give some more information. And I think people would appreciate being able to make a decision like that based on something that's right there for you to read in the store when you're shopping or, you know, who's really shopping in stores anymore. But the info should be available to you. And I don't see why it's not. They they figure out how long it's going to last for you. They know they're screwing you over. I think that's a reasonable request in terms of like consumer protectionism. And I think it solves a problem in we do waste a lot and maybe we're better off, um, you know, offering an incentive. Okay, well, when your fridge does break, give us the old fridge and we'll discount your new fridge hundred dollars right. because we're going to use all those materials to get out of the, you know, okay, maybe you do want to get some shit that's just going to fall apart and that, and that's, that's bad for everybody. So we, we want to maximize, uh, you know, the, um, the, the, the mileage that we get out of these resources. If you're talking about, well, let's stop, you know, going into all these other places and securing all these minerals and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, you know, let's be more 
Let's be more, you know, why do we got to keep go, you know, mining uh, steel or mining cobalt or mining all this other shit? If the devices already have it, we need to be more responsible with how we 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 reuse those devices when they fail. Because because now, I mean, we're throwing a lot of shit out just in, in fucking giant holes in the middle right. of the desert, which is which seems stupid. Very, very, and, and like, very stupid. Now we got to go find another country who's not really you know, able to defend themselves and figure out what pretense we can invade them and then, you know, broker a deal. So now we have access to their, <laughs> you know, hey, start a civil war and kill each other. After the genocide, we're going to circle back to get the cobalt. OK, awesome. You know, so to, to not have to interact with the rest of the world in that way, you know, there, there should be that's that's some super far left shit that I'm down for is is right. to mandate like you don't have the freedom to be irresponsible with resources in a way that fucking creates scarcity, you know? Right. Purposely. Right. Purposely. There's so much, there's, there's, you can't make it a law to be progressive, but you can incentivize it. You know, when people are trying to hold on to an old paradigm because they're invested and there's money in it and we just want to keep doing this shit. There's no reason at this point that we shouldn't be being becoming more and more invested every year incrementally in hemp replacing plastic there's no logical reason why we should be producing more hemp every year consistently in this country than the the previous year and just keep going until we can completely get off plastic there's no reason and the only reason for it is because of where oil money is and patrol all, all that shit all that shit but as far as what's best for human existence on this planet, there's no debate that we should be growing and cultivating hemp and replacing plastic and replacing all kinds of little bullshit products that we know people are not. People just can't stop, you know, throwing shit out their window on the highway. Right. right. So we can we can make the fines higher. We can do all. They're just not going to stop. They're assholes. So we need to make sure the shit that they're throwing out their window is biodegradable. That's just some shit you have to do as a society when there's a small problem. You could waste a lot of time and resources chasing around this small problem that's creating a big thing, or you can create a macro fix for it. And that's what that's what the brains and the money in this country is supposed to be doing is creating macro fixes. Don't try to explain to the average human who's going to spend most of their day watching fucking toddlers and tiaras and shit. Don't try to explain to them what you're doing. It's about and, yeah, <laughs> you, you don't have to explain to them what you're doing. Let them keep watching TV. But make sure when they go to Wendy's and they throw that fucking plastic fork out the window, it's biodegradable. That's what you should be doing. I don't think there's any debate there. It's just an intelligent way to move forward. We need to start farming our fucking, uh, where, where they're dumping everything at. All of those dump sites, if we, if we don't start, if somebody doesn't figure out a way to start going to those landfills and reclaiming some type of value from those landfills in the next five to ten years we're we're gonna be even i mean we're already pretty fucked anyway but that needs to happen in the next five to ten years somebody needs to figure out some job or some service where they need to like not just oh i want to do this because it's fun like i need to go digging in these landfills to get the thing that i need to get to make money there has to be value found in the landfills because if we keep just putting shit in the ground it's not going to end well like I said, we're already losing topsoil, and we're using places where we could be growing food for, to, to put dump to bury garbage. In. To bury garbage, bro. What 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 a sign of a sick society we have! Like a funeral for for materialism. Right. Like we're like we've used you. You've come to the end of your life cycle. 
will give you a proper burial. Right. And there's, there's funguses that you can grow. There's mushrooms you can grow in landfills that'll help break down a lot of the organic material, even the plastics and stuff and so many uh, toxins that collect in the soil. There's mushrooms that can metabolize that shit and then turn it into compost, basically, and break it down to a place where it'll shorten the, the life it would have just laid there if the mushrooms weren't growing there. And when you talk to people about shit like that, it's the, it's just like, oh, well, like they start coming up with reasons why, you know, you can't expect the garbage people to grow mushrooms. It's like, that's not, you don't have to grow the mushrooms. You figure out a way to, you put First the of all, we found a way to get rid of the garbage people, period. Being, being yeah, the garbage true, yeah. man used to be a decent job. Right. You used to get paid a lot and they're like, huh, how can we cut fucking costs? Well, listen, instead of having three dudes on a garbage truck, We'll just have one dude and we'll make a robot arm. Right. Now we're right. just paying one driver. We can pay him less than what we paid each one of the three people that used to do it. And so we'll make some really complicated robot arm instead of giving three people a job because we just want to cut expenses. So, yeah, we can always change things that we've done in the pursuit of more money. We got to just incentivize um, right. people to want to make those changes. And it is doable because, I mean, if you can have something like vulture capitalism where you're just coming in and you're taking over a company just because you want to run it into the the ground and extract, you know, every every bit of profit you possibly can, every bit of value that you can get out of it before it, it just explodes, you know, um, then with all the power that there is for for, you know, one company to purchase out another company, you could have a couple of big players that have the capital to to make something like this happen because the resistance you're going to get like the the company that makes the plastic forks right who knows who owns that company or that factory and if they have the you know they may not have the capital available to to like look we're going to revamp everything and we're going to start making it out of hemp right they just they just can't do that but a bigger company that can can buy out that, that those smaller companies and implement all the changes that need to be done and make it profitable in the long term. Because what it was costing to make the plastic forks, because hemp's so cheap, in 10 years, they've already made all their money back because their right. production costs are so much, so much cheaper. But, you know, like, a, you know, a small company may not be able to make that transition like a big company could. So if, if any of these pieces of shit were actually uh, environmentally conscious or had a, ph a philanthropist kind of attitude towards things, you could use all that, that ridiculous amount of money that you had to purchase company and start slowly making those kinds of, of transitions. Cause I, cause I do understand and empathize with the person um, that has a, a business that they're scared. If they change the business model, they may not be able to deliver the product anymore and they could lose everything. So I, I understand that fear. So bigger companies coming along and giving them a safety net, I think makes it more, more feasible. And if you can fire all the garbage men, you know, you can have uh, a separate division, right? Because especially with all the dumb shit that we pay for with the government anyway, I mean, uh, the government, I'm assuming, has something to do it, um, with the waste management, um, either yeah. in that we contract them, right? It's a public service, right? So why wouldn't we have that to be a part of it? I mean, we're paying for the landfill. I mean, we had to pay for that land, right? We have to pay people to work there when you take things to the dump. So I don't understand if we're already doing that, 
why we couldn't just go ahead and implement someone who's thinking long term to be like, okay, let's start growing X, Y, and Z. It's going to help this shit decompose. And also, let's start figuring out how much shit here can be reused and not and not just dump it, you know? And you should yeah. get a credit. You know, you you when you go and you sell, they'll give you at least like $500 for your piece of shit car. You go buy a new car, they're going to give you something for your car, no matter how much of a piece right. of shit it is. Because they know they can at least sell it for parts. They can salvage it. So you should get something for every electronic dude. You're going to buy a new laptop because your old laptop went. That shit should absolutely not go in a fucking dump. That's retarded. Right. And and also, and I know people don't like to you know bother the government about this kind of shit. But again, historically, they've written so many you know help packages in for people who really didn't need no fucking help. Why wouldn't you cut back one year on how many attack helicopters you make to make sure that people in the plastic industry can change over to hemp? Like, especially once we know for a fact, like you can even have a company, private companies even, that oversee like some matchmaker type shit, oversee relationships between small plastic companies and hemp farms. So they can figure out where to get their product from, who's going to process it in between and give them the raw product, uh, plastic, whatever it is that they need to melt it down and make their forks and spoons and shit. You, you can have people that broker those engagements so the, the business owner don't have to worry about who to call to get his shit from. Like, there's, a, there's a way to make this shit work because it's, it's for the, I mean, this is not just like, uh, when people are making plastic forks, that's just for the convenience of humans who want to eat fast food. Switching over those plastic forks to hemp forks is a, a, a progress to, to save humanity's existence on this planet. So it deserves a different type of attention and a different type of resources. This is not just a capitalist thing where, oh, this guy, is the, he's the one who decided to make it. So, But changing that over to something that's not going to end up killing millions of fish in the ocean and all this other shit, that's something that uh, a governing body should step in to make sure it's a smooth transition for and make it is sure that shit crazy. goes well. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it that for such a frivolous convenience, <laughs> we would create something that's so unnecessary, but created in such a way that it lasts forever. We found the cheapest way possible to make something that lasts forever that's going to be used one fucking time. Right. It makes So no that sense. it constantly has to be replaced. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. Now, why wouldn't why you know how much we could benefit from changing just that, like all our all of our little garbage that we throw away that's not gonna go anywhere for I mean the milk containers the just all of that little shit, all right. of that little shit people are making a bunch of money on and it's going literally if we're lucky it's going to landfills. But we know what percentage of it is getting thrown out windows and bags that's getting torn open by the dogs at night. So that that milk container is going to get buried on the street or in the alleyway somewhere. Yeah, so it's later for, yeah, it's, so, so it's, hemp, it's so hemp can hemp can emulate plastic in every way. So you can make a, a, a box or a bag plastic that's every, made out of hemp. Way. Yep. OK. And whatever we're lacking at this point. The, the changing over, the changing of the guard and the new need for it and the new consciousness of it will fuel the science and, and give it an influx of energy so that we can catch up in any places that we lack. 
the reason that we're lacking is because the market's not really there now. So it's like who who's really dumping a bunch of money into making sure a, a, a hemp Walmart bag performs just as good as the because there's no chance that they're going to buy a hemp Walmart bag at this point. But if they right. if if somebody says plastic bags got to be gone in the next five years, Walmart's got to start looking for some new options. Mm. So and, and that's just the but fact. How about long term though? Like like hemp, so you, hemp what, is can be processed indefinitely can be grown because it doesn't it doesn't take nutrients from the soil the way a normal monocrop would so the way you would harvest hemp the root mass would stay in the soil and feed the bioorganisms it's a long process but growing hemp is not the same so if they had 50 acres of hemp growing it wouldn't affect the soil the same way as growing 50 acres of corn no no no. that 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 part i get and that's what i think makes it uh a no-brainer right in terms of something we can constantly produce with little damage Right. To make something that's going to be frivolous. Like it makes more sense to me if you're going to make something frivolous to make it that way, all using utilizing that crop. That right. makes more sense than making all of our food with fucking corn syrup. Right. But what I mean is like, for instance, I've got like a plastic tub, right, that I keep. I got I got way too many video game controllers. So I have them in the the, the plastic tub, right, so they don't get all, all dust and shit in them. Right, that plastic tub is going to last me forever. And I'll never have to buy another one of those plastic tubs. If I got something made out of hemp to the equivalent of that, how long would it last to be used as well, like a storage device? What you do is you use a hemp plastic to make it, and then you coat it in a polyurethane. Mm. So that okay. will, it's, it's a cellular bond that takes place. Nothing is going to get through the poly, and the hemp will be fine in there for just as long as you need it. You know what I'm saying? And over, of course, the polyurethane is not going to last forever either. That can wear down and shit, but it won't be in in your lifetime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, it won't right. be in your lifetime. It's some shit that can eventually get thrown away and be fine breaking down in the, in the environment somewhere. So you just use resins, coat it with resins. Even coating it with a different concentrated uh, hemp resin would make it last probably longer than you would ever need it to. Mm. So okay. yeah, it's a it's an infinite. It's such a solvable problem. It's stupid that we still have this issue. It really is. It's goofy. And it's also stupid that I don't hear anybody on the left in terms of environmentalism talking about any practical solutions. Like in in the Green New Deal, there's nothing that I saw in that that was like practical or reasonable. Wow. I, you know what? I, listen. Did, did I, you I ever go through that? No, no. Okay. I heard a few things, but I was just like, okay. "Listen, I don't know." No I didn't more care airplanes. About okay. No more. <laughs> no more cows. No more cows. No just more no cows. more cows. Period. Cows fart. Destroys the ozone layer. Got to get rid of all the cows. No so it's not what we feed anywhere. the cows, right? And it's not what we feed the cows. It's just naturally just cow farts are destroying the planet. We got to kill them. They got to go. Got to take them off of here. No, <laughs> I think he can whoop me. <laughs> no, listen. So, I, I'm sure we talked about this before, but that whole shit is about what they're feeding the cows. It's not just the cows. And anybody who doesn't know that shouldn't be writing anything. Right. If they if they ate grass, it wouldn't be as bad. You're saying. Right. No, it wouldn't be a problem. Giving all at all. the cows indigestion. That's why the farts out of control. And they're eating some shit that's grown with fucking uh, Roundup that's molecularly, right. you know, infused into the fucking, you know, it's, it's a big problem. We're being real stupid. It's, it's getting close to idiocracy as far as agriculture. They're one, yeah. they're, they're three or four steps away from watering the crops with Gatorade. Right. We're not <laughs> far from here. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got electrolytes. It's not far because the shit that, <laughs> the shit that we're doing right now in agriculture is counterintuitive stupid. 
not just the average person could walk up and hear the process and be like, but wait, wouldn't it be easier if, and they'll be like, no, son, you don't know what you're talking about. My, I mean, my dad would be beef pharmacist, his dad would be pharmacist. It's like, so, and y'all been stupid this long. It don't, it don't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. The topsoil we're losing can be solved with yard waste, basically. Can be solved with mulch, ground covering, and, 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 and cover crops. Nothing fancy, nothing crazy, but they just won't do it. They'd rather work the dirt until there's nothing left, keep tilling until there's nothing left, and then move on and buy a piece of land in some other state and make a documentary about how your family had to leave and the Dust Bowl and all this other shit and make sad music and cry. And then you're going to go to the new land and do the same goofy shit. It, it, it really, I, it's hard to understand how the problem, the, the solve to your biggest issue is not only an intuitive, this is intuitive answer. All you have to do is stop doing the stupid thing that you're doing and everything will go back to normal. You just won't stop being stupid. <laughs> we refuse. You refuse we to exist. stop being stupid. I know when we till the ground, we kill billions of microorganisms and over time, it's, it's happened before. It's happened before. They turn, the Dust Bowl happened because of bad agriculture. It destroyed land for miles and miles and miles and miles. You know, the government created some statutes and shit, you got to do it this way. And then, of course, over time, shit gets loosened up and they started doing the same thing again and the same thing's happening. And they're staring at the ground dumbfounded. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. How, 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 how do I know what to do from over here? And it's an objective, verifiable, demonstrable solve. Not just me thinking I know what I'm talking about and the farmers know better. They just won't stop being stupid. This is the world we live in. This is humanity right now. We're calling each other with satellites. We're sending messages and files across millions of miles in a matter of seconds. We got cars that drive themselves and shit like that. But we're fucking up the land by being greedy and being ignorant. And if you do the easiest thing, it goes back to normal and repairs itself. You doing the harder work, the more intensive work that's destroying everything. Right. It's... It, 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 bro, it drives it you crazy. It takes more about effort it. to fuck it up. Yeah, right. It takes more effort to destroy it. All you'd have to do is sit down and walk away. That would be better <laughs> for the land than what you're doing right now. Just walk away, bro. But they won't do it. They're like, no, I got a till because I got a loan for this big ass compact, you know, this contractor, uh, big tractor compound thing that I got to drag it through the dirt and turn everything over. So you got to keep doing it. Because that's the only way you're going to make shit grow because you did the same thing last year and your soil is not good enough to grow anything natural. So what do you do? Well, I got to put more in this year. Oh, okay. That's how you solve it. Great. Great. Yeah. I think there's, I, I think, I think we need to bring back a sacred component to food production. Yeah. Like our ability to produce food, to utilize animals. I'm not saying we need to, to make some kind of religion or whatever, but it, there's got to be a sacred component to where we respect it, and we can't just we can't just be bottom lined about food production. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I I get to that to produce that much food. Like there is a benefit to commercial farming when you're talking about you know acres and acres of food. Like I don't know how that would work. If you had acres and acres of food that you were producing, um, 
and you weren't using all the chemicals and the fucked up shit, like how much of your product would you lose to, you know, animals coming through and getting it? You know what I mean? Or insects getting it. I just don't well, know how that you, would work. They would yeah. have to change. They'd have to change their farming practices, just like people would have to change their expectations of what and how much is going to be available in these stores. Just look at how much waste, how much shit we throw away. Grocery stores throw away hundreds of pounds of food every day. And it goes to the garbage instead of becoming compost to feed the lands that the food mm. just came from. Like I said, intuitive problem solves. Easy. Most people can still eat what y'all throwing away first and foremost, right? This can still go somewhere where people can eat it. Because just because the lettuce had a little brown edge on it and Karen complained about it, Karen's goofy. This is still good <laughs> lettuce and you can still, somebody can eat this. So if it gets past that point, it should be getting turned into compost somewhere, which is another business idea we got to talk about off the show, right? Okay. But it could be turned into compost. So the compost can be sent back to the places who grow in it to put it back into the earth and feed the next crops and all of this other stuff. So also biodiversity. You can't just be growing monocrops for hundreds of miles. The reason, the, the way you keep uh, the stuff you don't want off your property is instead of just growing miles and miles of corn, you interplant the corn with squashes and beans and, and all kinds of flowers that attract bugs and pigeon peas that, that put nitrogen in the soil and also attack birds that can eat the bugs you don't want. You bring back biodiversity, almost forest farming kind of thing. And of course, there's not going to, there's not going to, it's going to create less waste because you're not flooding the stores with thousands and thousands of ears of corn. And then you're going to have to throw away hundreds of them. We're not doing that no more. People's and, attitudes about this shit has to change. And maybe some of those pressures that force us to do that is because of the way that we're commodifying food that we need to rethink. Like, I'm trying to think of how soybean bean futures are affected by oh, your good model. Lord. Oh, right. Cause, soybeans right, cause are you, fucked. <laughs> So you think about like, I, I got to assume, because I don't know, but I'm thinking that probably a lot of those practices got in there uh, for the predictability, even at the cost of what it's doing to the land to satisfy some sort of market metric. You know, right. I need to be able to depend on X amount of soybeans or X amount of squash being available uh, for, you know, whatever mathematics they're using to calculate the value of all that shit. And so, we could have it. We can have that. I feel like we could have close to that same, uh, like, you know, clockwork verifiable output in less than 10 years. But the, the point is what they're doing right now is objectively destructive. What we will be doing right. is objectively reparative to the earth and it's going to have a higher yield over time. So the first three years you look at this may not, you know, it's going to be crossover. You're going to have to blend it because we're not going to be able to produce the same amount when, and you're trying to repair the soil and break this old cycle. It, it's definitely not going to produce the same amount it did the year before, but over time, these places produce way more than the commercial agriculture that they're doing now. And it doesn't take that long on smaller scales. So I say people who are supplying something that might have five, 10 acre farms, they would, they would have their results within two to three years to see that they're already doing better when it comes to things like pest invasions and, and uh, water retention and shit like that. So they'll see that immediately. And then that will lead to better crop production and more predictable crop production and still with the biodiversity. But bigger factory, you know, the people who are growing the corn for the corn syrup, that's a little bit different because this type of shit 
it's hard. I, I think it would be difficult to do on that type of scale in one sweep. Smaller farms, right. five, ten acre farms, I think they could do it easy, integrating animals and all that kind of shit. But that big commercial shit, bro, they, it's going to take some time. So I get it. Things are just going to have to change all the way around at the same time. And a lot of that is because of the commercials and the propaganda that we put out to people and how we don't care about the waste. It just has to be a real deal look at what we're doing and seeing how stupid it is and how easy it is to solve. Right. And somebody has to make a decision somewhere to stop being a corrupt fuck and taking money to keep it the way it is and say, damn, well, I mean... This is kind of better. This is better to make compost out of it. And then we can send the compost back to these farms and even, you know, the local farms, the farmers markets can take some of this. Why is nobody putting that in the law instead of saying, yeah, just throw all the food in the garbage and you can write it off as taxes and we'll just pay you back for it. That's fucking stupid. And, and I don't think they're making that much money anyway. Like, I don't think farmers are ballers. You know no, what I mean? Not, so no. whatever we're trying to save, like my understanding is they're just barely making it anyway. So even with all these advances in technology of, you know, the kind of seeds they have to plant, the way they have to care for the seeds, like you said, the the loans they have to take out to get the equipment so that they can do it fast enough. I mean, all of these things in order to do it on that large of a scale, they're still like barely making anything. Or they're right. not making so much it's that it's really that. worth it. Right. It's because of that. It's because they're so deep in debt. Somebody else is hustling them. They're right. trying to produce the food and a bigger system is hustling them. And like I said, I know corruption is not going anywhere. But at the very least, somewhere, people are going to have to start seeing the future and changing these things. Because, I mean, it's less labor intensive. And it, we just need to start putting some back. We, we just we can't just keep taking it. You see the prices for land in middle America where these farms used to be, and you won't believe what it costs for a 17-acre piece of land. It's unbelievable. Unbel it's pennies. Pennies on the dollar for what you would think that much land would cost and they, because it's dead and you can't grow nothing. And nobody's in, in, interested in trying to bring it back and regenerate it because, you know, it, it'll probably take you seven or eight years to start making some money from it. But, you know, people, like you said, people who balling. They should be able to see a future in that and getting that and putting putting it into place. People like P. Diddy, right? Instead of predicting race wars, you know, why wouldn't he be <laughs> buying land that he can regenerate and start? You want to put put some black folks on it, you know, do your whole black nationalist thing. He said, I'm a black nationalist. That was just hilarious. But this why, why aren't these things attractive to the people who are making the biggest complaints? It's, it's yeah. agriculture. It's the actual planet. They they, they arguing over real estate, but they, like houses and shit like that. This is the that's the actual real estate, the land itself, and nobody's thinking about it. They're just like, yeah, whatever. We always gonna have all of this shit. If they knew how badly damaged it is by shit that's completely avoidable, you know, that's that's a whole nother level of corruption to keep that going, knowing what you what you're uh, sacrificing in the process. And I think I think because we've gotten so good with technology and we've gotten so creative in the way that we've solved problems, we've kind of gone. This is where I think there's instances when we can say, OK, the market has gone too far, like the way that the market is capitalized off of this opportunity for food production. Like you said, it's a whole system that's hustling the farmer when really the farmers, he's the draw of the show. You know, we, everybody yeah. needs food. This is the most important component. But because we've refused to kind of apply any kind of 
uh, sacred acknowledgement to that work, you know, it's just one other thing to exploit and pimp. And it doesn't matter how destructive it is because we're thinking in terms of the short-term monetary gains rather than the long-term problems that we're creating. So I definitely think that this would be a time where I would like to see the government or society as a whole to regulate it differently, to create some different rules um, that are in place to ensure that, like you said, the land isn't destroyed. It may be a transition period for a minute to where we're figuring out, okay, how much is this going to yield? And maybe in some ways it'll cut us, it, it, it'll, it'll make us less productive. And maybe that will make it so that food costs a little bit more. But again, if we're talking about a society where we're doing our manuf own manufacturing, maybe there's more people that have agricultural jobs. Yeah. Because now maybe agriculture, it costs more because you can't create as much at once, right? So maybe there is some some short-term losses. But if everybody's got enough money to pay $2,000 for a refrigerator on credit and the banks are making money because money's being loaned, things are lasting longer, uh, there's more jobs because there's more need for work because we're doing things differently, um, I think that that makes a more productive society. Because right now I think our problem is we're just running out of shit for for people to do, uh, or, or we're running, you know. Because I was thinking too, like in the city, if you think about if you live in the city, like you are living off of a whole bunch of like subservient slave labor type shit. Like if you're in the city, you're really not producing anything that's essential. You know what I'm saying? You have like an administration right. job. You have a job where you're on the phone and you're connecting person A with person B. You're fucking around with a hedge fund, right? So, like, all the jobs you think about in a big... Or or what are you doing? I'm the dude that fixed the aqueducts that go under the city. Like, you're maintaining the structure, right? right? I, I, I do, you know... So, but but when you think about it, it's just such a uh, uh, an extraction of resources to one specific area that if you really think about it, isn't isn't able to do shit on its own. Like if, if, if all supply lines were cut off indefinitely, people that were out there on the farmland, they would be completely okay. Everybody in the city would realize like, oh shit, like um, uh, my ability to manage this hedge fund does absolutely nothing for me in a crisis. <laughs> I have absolutely no skills to survive. And there's too much, too much people, not enough land, not enough resources, and it just doesn't make sense. But it's it's all it's been the symbol for thousands of years of like human achievement. And I don't know, maybe we just need to rethink that because that's yeah. really where the the huge chasm in values and priorities and lifestyle and everything is. It's not really Republican, Democrat, or black or white. It's really if if you live in a city or if you live on land, you feel different about guns. You feel different about government encroachment. You know, you feel different about regulation. You feel different about technology. Depending on which one of those places that you live, your life looks drastically different. Oh, yeah. So, you got different feelings about self-sufficiency. Yeah, for sure. People who live in the city feel entitlement to products and services because they have so, so close access. Everything's a phone call away. They get mad if some shit ain't given to them properly. People who live out in the county and on their own land 
they have to do a lot of shit themselves. So they don't they don't feel the same entitlements. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely see that. I think uh cities need to be scaled back immensely. They're gonna need to get scaled back because people need to spread out a little bit. There need to be more green areas in these cities where you have uh, parks with food forests kind of situations in them. People just need to have a different relationship with fruit trees and, and things like that. Because I've seen some of these places online where they have huge nature walks where you could go through. And some of them are like native plants, you know, sawgrass, palmettos and shit. And some of them, people have been planting fruit trees there for 50, 60 years. So there's spice trees, nut trees, all kinds of fruits. And they're growing fine in this place. It's not like they're falling all over the place and there's contamination and rats. It don't, it don't work like that. It's, it's a beautiful space that people can move through, take their kids through and see and taste food and learn about plants that survive here. And that it needs to be more propaganda because they, they made a lot of it like uh, when people, when it was war and they wanted people to feed themselves, they were telling people it was their responsibility to grow victory gardens and shit like that. You know, take some of the pressure off your government and feed yourself. Keep some chickens in your backyard. It's your responsibility as an American. And then as soon as that shit was over, capitalism kicked in and it's like, oh, only poor people keep chickens. I can afford to right. buy my eggs from the store. So they they need to reverse that and change the propaganda again. You know, get it to people who's like, oh, you still got a lawn? No, I mulched over my lawn years ago. Now I grow mango trees. Like, that's that's the new keeping up with the Joneses and shit. Who's got the healthiest garden? Who, who can eat from their yard without having to go to the store every day? That's yeah. an objectively better world. Not everybody has that kind of space, but that's an objectively better world than growing shit that's not medicine or, or edible or something that's good for the environment. Why are we still buying, spending hundreds of dollars on fucking palm trees? It's really fucking stupid. And that was something I learned in that article, too, is that it was like a sign of wealth. Like, right. it was it was really some audacious shit, some ostentatious shit to do, to be like, hey, look at me. Like, I have so much of this fucking land, I can afford just to have a fucking green carpet right. that I maintain. Like, yeah, it doesn't even matter. I don't even care. It doesn't even matter. I don't need to grow food on it. I don't need to do nothing productive with it. It's just it's just straight peacocking. It's all for the aesthetic. Horrible. It has nothing to do with value. Horrible. So, yeah. So, really, I mean, I think we can make the argument that the lawns are a vestige of white supremacy. I oh, think absolutely. that's the way that you sell it to people. Yeah. You want a lawn? Racist. You want a racist-ass Nazi lawn? Yeah, lawns are racist from now on. You know what grows in Africa? Fruit trees, my brother. Right, yeah, exactly. And are leaks. you really a black nationalist <laughs> if you're not growing your own food? Yeah, Ooh. you can't be. Ooh, that's what the motherland that's did. The motherland point. was abundant, right? So you just sitting out. You got grass like the white man. That's what you're doing. European <laughs> ass, crack ass, crack along. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the coon chip has been activated. <laughs> this brother's cutting his grass. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, you know who kills plants and tries to make them all uniform, my brother. <laughs> Yakub, that's that's hilarious, bro. That that's the new narrative. That's how you gotta pitch it. That's it, yo. Lawns are white supremacy. Absolutely, I 100% agree. If you have a well manicured lawn, I'm just gonna assume that you're racist and that you're a nationalist and that you want everybody brown dead. That's it. That's it. Cause you notice the worst thing that can happen to your green grass is that it turns brown. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. I agree completely. You got to keep an eye out for people who have well manicured lawns. 
I don't trust nobody who don't grow their own food from now on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the new elitism. Don't and ask you know what, what they it, do for a living. Don't ask what their job is. Ask do they grow their own food. That's how you figure out who they are. And, and and you know what it is is that we waste so much time and energy on non-issues that P. Diddy and Charlemagne are having that fucking ridiculous conversation when really you it I feel like you know one one part of it is the media you know I, I mean because they were basically parroting a lot of the shit that's circulating yeah. just as, as talking points on the yeah. left but you know because there's not more important conversations being had in the public sphere because if we were really thinking in terms of empowerment and producing wealth and improving people's situation you know because even when he was saying I was listening to him. I'm like, okay, uh, you said you wanted to withhold the vote because you're like, yeah, you know, we've been voting, blah, 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 and nothing's changed. I'm like, yeah. That, doesn't that tell you? Because he was even saying it within his his interview, like doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity. I'm like, but you don't see voting Democrat as just that? Like the same thing over and over and over. Like you were on the right track when you were like, hold your vote hostage. Not to say that the Republicans were necessarily going to do anything better for any of your causes, but the fact that you needed to have an agenda and then, yes, hold that hostage to see who was going to give you the better deal. Donald Trump was like, I got the platinum plan. The Democrats could pitch you on whatever their their agenda is, you know, the Green New Deal or whatever. But at least objectively, you're coming to the table with, I have an agenda, I have a set of goals Who's gonna Who's gonna offer me the better thing? But the whole thing was a conversation about Donald Trump, the white supremacy, and the race war, and why it's so important that he loses. But it was, I It was a thirty-minute interview, and not at one point did I hear anything intelligent about a substantive matter or a solution. the 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 bottom line, the takeaway for thirty minutes of that shit was Donald Trump is evil and white supremacy, and to counteract white supremacy, we have to have a black political party. That was it. Right. Now, and don't forget... The goal for that black, you know, no, not that. the goal for what it is. Yeah. No, the, the fact that we just have to have one. And don't forget, we have two uh, millionaires talking to each other, and they're talking about how uh, white supremacy is holding them back. And also Oprah and also Jay-Z would be a lot bigger and it would have more than they have now if it wasn't for white supremacy. Yeah, it's just it's just silly. That was the conversation. He he was essentially saying I should be richer but white people. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it was it was mind-boggling to me, bro, to sit there and say I'm a black nationalist. And not understand the irony of that statement when you're saying it as a positive. And uh, it's just, I don't know, bro. I don't know. He's gotten, he, he's, what has he done, really, like legitimately, what has he done in the past 20 years to show any of this sentiment that he has right now in this moment? What actions has he taken in the last 20 years to do anything that a multimillionaire black nationalist would do? Right. Well, I, I, if he if he's done it, he's done it secretly, and maybe that's on code. Maybe it shouldn't be out in the open. But I'd really like to know what a what a multi million dollar a multi millionaire black nationalist would do with his with his money, 
and if if Diddy has done anything similar to that in the last twenty years, because I I don't think he has. Just being honest, I don't think he has. Uh, what a black nationalist, really? That's what you call yourself. So what? Where's the proof of it? Where's the proof of it? What have you done anything similar to that type of militancy with the type with the resources and access that you have? What what really have you done? To be yeah. sitting here talking about I should be richer but white people. Right. I mean it's crazy. It it's 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 indefensible, but at the same time too, I just think it's it's from not being informed, you know, and and and, and nobody bringing to him a higher level of conversation. Like the conversation stays in terms of that's why I always try to throw it out there too. It's like, okay, you know, just to play devil's advocate. If you are talking in terms of black nationalism, you know that the, the implication there is also separatism. That means creating right. everything on your own, like right. doing a whole new infrastructure from the ground up. You know, you could you could talk shit uh, about, um, you know, the Black Panthers and where they fucked up. Um, Geronimo Pratt is in Africa. He said, fuck it. He's over there building his own shit, doing his own shit. Akon is like, hey, I want to go and build a, a city of oh, cool. If if you hate white people that much that you want to spend hundreds of millions of dollars reinventing the wheel, have at it. That that's cool. If if it's that bad, I'm not mad at you. I don't agree with it. I don't think that's the solution, but you're entitled to that opinion and to be able to do that. But while you're sitting within the the construct of the American infrastructure and living a lifestyle that it affords you, it does just seem silly. Because you could be like Jesus and sell all you have and give to the poor. Like, you don't have to live that level of decadence. But to pretend that there's not an infrastructure here that makes that possible, it, it's just silly. So I, I don't, so when I think people say shit like that, I don't think they're being honest. Like, I don't think, or maybe no. they just don't understand. I don't think you really want to start over from scratch. I really don't think you want to put up your money and take that big of a risk to cash out your, you know, your $400 million worth of net worth and see how long it would stretch you purchasing a, you know, a piece of land on the continent and starting civilization over from scratch how you see fit. Like, so I don't, I, but, but if you're here, at the end of the day, you're an American. So we're using outdated language. Like, it made sense during segregation why we would have different groups. Because by the law, we were supposed to be different. But once we corrected that problem, I just don't understand realistically what it looks like. Are you no longer going to be doing business with any white people? You know, I'll give it to Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill was like, yo, fuck it. I'll let my kids starve for you <laughs> crack ass crackers by my album. All right. I mean, I can I can at least respect that that's genuine. Like, hey, I'm willing to take a financial loss to not do business with white people. OK, I can respect that. Yeah, if, if that's how if that's how you really feel. Um you know, you, you don't have to, but it just doesn't make sense how you're going to be a part of something and then be completely separatist. It just doesn't make sense because if you're a nationalist, you want a nation like so you don't want to be a part of this nation. You want a separate nation. Where is that going to be? How are you going to build it? Are you are you going to divest yourself from everything that you have here to make it happen? Because if that's the plan, I just think that I just think that's silly. 
I think it's yeah. silly and unnecessary. So I think if you bring him a higher level of conversation about practical things that you can do, because one of the things that he said, too, that kind of uh, stuck with me, too, is he was like, you know, I've been in the places with the roaches and the rats. And uh, yeah, where is that? Like, where is that where you're going to have roaches and rats? It's an overcrowded, fucked up cities that probably the majority of people we shouldn't be living in. You know, yeah, I think there's yeah. too much emphasis on that. So to rethink like, OK, so if you could go buy land on the cheap and you got hundreds of millions of dollars, a twenty five million dollar investment, twenty five million dollars isn't taking away generational wealth from P. Diddy. But you could take twenty five million dollars buy huge swaths of land and build for cheap and create a whole community just like. I mean, there was 19 regular-ass black families in Georgia who bought... I think they pulled their money together, and I forgot how many acres they bought. But they're like, yeah, we're going to have a black-only community. Right, yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and I saw some people was mad about it, too. Some some neighbors was was pretty upset about it. But I, I'd like to I'd like to see them uh, pull it off, honestly. If, if, if that's what you want to set up your community based on, I think you should be totally able to and see how it goes. Why not go for it? I, I wouldn't try to stop them. No, I, I, I doubt. I doubt it's going to stay. I, it's going to stay that way. That might be what you go in thinking, but I don't think it'll manifest itself that way, I, unless you're like, because they didn't seem to be like, um, they didn't seem to be like racist separatists to me. They seemed to be some right. people who wanted to do something to help, and they thought a way that they could help was build a black community in Georgia on some land and get farming. And so I totally get it, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it'll stay that way. I, I think the the exercise of creating something from the the ground up as is is a huge education and and broadens your horizons. And and within that exercise, I think you you you're gonna question a lot of the things that maybe you thought were the case. But but anybody who's just thinking in terms of tribalism as as um the uh the 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 formula like i i really encourage those people to try and do some shit on their own because you figure it out really quickly you figure out really quickly like this can't be the organizing mechanism to build something successful it it just can't be right you know i have people that are my own blood that um i can't be any more genetically similar to that I wouldn't be like, yo, I trust you to do this, 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 and this, and that. Like, no, there's people that are more qualified, that are going to do a better job. Like, I can't evaluate people just by that. If I'm really in charge of an enterprise and I'm really responsible for whether it succeeds or it fails, the, the process whereby I'm going to acquire talent and delegate responsibilities, if you're just doing it based upon that, you'll figure it out soon enough. Yeah. You know, so I encourage I encourage the practice. I encourage because that's the only way you get to a more enlightened place is when you have your you have your um American history X moment. Like, oh, you know, uh Guy Tory is cool as fuck. Maybe I don't hate everybody. You know, <laughs> you're you're gonna have it. And oh, the white supremacist brutally raped me. So m- maybe maybe this kind of tribal maybe it's possible that white people can literally fuck me over. So I you you can't be stuck in that mind state for long. Life experience is gonna is gonna take that away from you. 
and broaden right. your horizons. And that's and why I said I think it'll work itself out because For they sure. seem to be going with, in with just a, a repairing, helping attitude. If it was based on some hate, then maybe, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I didn't sense that from them. And and I don't see any of those, you know, not fucking around coalition. I don't see any, any of those guys talking about farming any land. I think they just want they just want the action part. They just want to walk around with guns and threaten people. And that it's literally be... the first thing you have to do if you're a nationalist. Yeah. This is this is the first problem of anybody trying to craft a civilization is how do I feed the people? Without that, there's nothing else to talk about. There's no yeah. talking about an institute of any scholars or any specialized divisions of labor. Until you have a surplus of food, you do not have a civilization, you do not have a nation. Right. So the fact that we're we're trying to solve all these other non-problems and amplify them as if they are problems, you know, well, I don't I don't know. I don't think Donald Trump likes me. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Even if Donald Trump secretly hated all black people, less for less for the sake of the argument, he really does just think white people are the cat's meow. They're just fucking great. And if it was up to him, he would live in a country of nothing but white people. If he secretly felt that way, but everything that he was doing politically was enabling black people to empower themselves and take care of themselves more, would it fucking matter? Would, would, would it matter what that dude's private opinions were? As long as... Now, if we're talking about laws getting passed, where we're going back to you know arresting black people for whistling at white women and put them in labor uh, p- leased prisoners for the rest of their lives. Okay, yeah, if, I mean, if that's if the law is changing, then yeah, I'm right there with you. Now, nah, fuck that, that's crazy. You know, but if it's just, I don't like his attitude. I don't think, he, you know, you could tell he don't really like black people. Like, how do you feel about, uh, like, that? that is, is what I think is the most defeatist aspect of that kind of thinking, is that the obsession really isn't about black empowerment or solving the problems of poverty and pockets of the black community. It's about who do I feel likes black people? And that's just a dumb question of whether somebody likes you or not. It just, it, it doesn't matter. Every, not everybody's going to like everybody, you know, like, it, and it could be on a personal level. It could be on a group level. You know, I, I don't really care for the juice. Okay. Well, you might know one or two people of the juice that uh, you can get down with, but maybe as a whole, you just don't like the juice. If if that is your private opinion and you feel that way, I don't think that that makes you the worst person in the world. As long as you ain't doing violence to anybody or you're not undermining anybody. Or, or planning to. We might yeah. want to get that guy a couple. We might want to catch him after a couple beers and ask him what should we do about the juice. Right. Just to see what he <laughs> says. Like, I, I want to know what he would say. I, I want to know what he would say. If he ripped, if he took a bowl rib, had a couple beers, and be like, so yeah, remember we were talking about the juice earlier. What do you think we should do? If he right. says some crazy shit, then we got to keep some tabs on him. Because that's Man, we, maybe. We can't have, I, we can't I, have I, that, bro. Right. And I got what you're saying. But if we're talking about the primary concern is how black people relate to the police, uh, how there are some instances of police brutality, how we're talking about empowering economic opportunities in neighborhoods where nobody wants to go to police, nobody's moving in to live or wants to live, where people want to get out, right? Where there's uh, cycles of behavior that are perpetuating fucked up shit decade after decade after decade. 
uh, yeah, when we're talking about solving those problems, the the dilemma of white people not liking black people enough, it just doesn't seem important to me. You yeah. know, like like once once everybody's got a way to feed themselves, people got steady work, people got a, a structure and a and a and a lifestyle that's conducive to having a a, a much more positive and enjoyable destiny like once that's taken care of then i think you know then i think it maybe there's a conversation to be had there that matters like maybe then like really you really don't like black people like that's how you feel like ugh, that's kind of gross that you feel that way then maybe that can be prioritized as a problem but i just feel like there's way too much substantive shit you know and that diddy thing to me it, it just epitomizes all of it there's so much bigger shit to focus on and to solve that we're not talking about, that we're not making any progress towards solving for us to be obsessed with this much energy about how people feel. Because that's really what it comes down to. Because even in, even in all these cases that we're using um, to combat the, the, the statistical reality that there's just not this rampant murder by police, but the sentiment is there because we just feel like, okay, yeah, maybe Breonna Taylor was was dealing in fentanyl, and maybe her boyfriend shot the police officer first, and, and and maybe she was holding like fifteen grand for a drug syndicate. But I just feel like these cops didn't like black people, and if it was white people, they wouldn't have got shot. Right? Because that's really because we're not really concerned about the facts of any of these cases, or if it's legit or there's any wiggle room. It's we're that obsessed with the notion of whether white people like black people enough or not, that that informs everything we need to know about any given situation where there's uh, an instance of a skirmish between black people and the police because it's a foregone conclusion. Well, of course, they don't like black people. So that's why it happened. Right. Yeah, but he had a gun and he had a car full of kids and he was pointing the gun at the cop. It doesn't matter. They just don't like black people. So as long as that's in the forefront it it, it it constantly creates this friction where we're not solving any problems and we're just focused on the wrong thing. And that's why it's pointless to have those debates. I think the wisest thing is is the point that you brought up and that instead of engaging in those debates, it's just, yo, we need to have a whole nother conversation. We just need to have a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So I'm fine with it being in the context of P. Diddy wanted to be a black nationalist. Okay, well, the first thing we need to do is get a, a clean, reliable food supply. And here's the way that the Europeans are fucking up the food supply. Here's how black people can do it differently and teach the world to uh, use the land wisely in a productive way. And so we need to maybe uh, add a sacred component and respect to this process right. whereby we leave in balance with the earth and we don't abuse it and we're going to have it for a long time instead of just these short-term game term games that the market may afford us but we're setting ourselves up for destruct some destruction down the line if you really are on that shit cool okay that that's a good place to start complaining with charlemagne for half an hour about how bad donald trump is i just don't know how that's solving any problems it's I not and i would help i would help with that initiative even if it meant I'd have to sit around and listen to P.D. Lee Jefferson quotes all day while I'm trying to teach them <laughs> about permaculture. <laughs> I would have to deal with it because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to engage in that conversation, but I will tell you how to repair this land. That's right. shit that we can do. That's a macro fix. We don't have to have the little conversation in between. Just pay attention to what I'm showing you. So I'd help. 
I definitely help. But I, it's a lot of goofy shit going on, and they're perpetuating a lot of these ideas. Neither one of them should honestly be able to have the uh, the conversation that they're having there without a bunch of people calling them on it. Because the the world that they're describing, people like neither one of them don't exist in that world. Right. You can't. There's no way you can. How do you explain your status in this world when you're talking about the shit that you're talking about? Because it's not just one guy. You can't just say, oh, because of Donald Trump. Like this, if the system that you're talking about is real, it's existed for hundreds of years. So it's just a, Donald Trump is just the latest iteration. It's, it's a continuation of something that's already here. So in that time, you've amassed a large amount of wealth and become very so like popular as far as entertainment and shit like that. And, and I'm positive that all of that is not generated just from black people. So how do you explain that in, in this world that you're describing to the rest of us? Other than I should be richer, but white people. <laughs> Because that's that was the whole. I mean, that was a big anchor for that conversation. When he when he got to that part, he, I love how he named Oprah and Jay Z. Like, trust me, I mean, you know, all of us—they holding us all back. Me, Oprah, Jay. Oh, okay. So three of the richest black people in the country are all being held back by white supremacy. Is what you're saying right now? But not just richest people in the country, richest people in the world. In the world of any color, right? And all of those people that you just named have more money than 99.99% of all white people on the planet. <laughs> right. So There's it, only it, like Jeff Bezos. Right. That's the only person they don't have beat pretty much. And, and we're talking like this. You know, Jeff Bezos, uh, what's the other but guy? Even, but the even Facebook regu- guy, Microsoft, right, right. Those, those couple. Right. But other than that, like you said, 99%. But even of regular, people. even even if you're in the hood and you see like the stereotypical um middle class or upper middle class white dude driving a Mercedes Wall Street outfit on or whatever, you're like, man, that dude, that dude's worth a couple million dollars at most. White doctors and white lawyers. Like you're talking about people that that when you're broke, you see them and they're like they're living a lifestyle you can't even dream about. All of those people are more broker than Jay-Z <laughs> and Oprah and P. Diddy. Like, so it's not even that you just have riches based on American standards. Like, you have an ungodly level of wealth that most human beings can't dream about. That other rich people look at them like, damn. You I got a shit. lot of nerve, yo. They got yeah. a lot of nerve to sit there and, yo, I, I, I honestly believe there's going to be a race war. Really? You honestly believe that? I don't. I can't. I can't imagine sitting there in the position that they're in. He's gonna go downstairs and be driven home in a Bentley. And and you're telling us that we should panic about a race war. But but here's the thing though too. Um, I would venture to say that P Diddy probably lives in a majority white neighborhood. I don't Around know. The pe- yeah, he's surrounded by the people who want right, to kill him. Are going to come after you. Right, they're going to come after him because if Trump uh, if Trump doesn't win... Oh, actually, both ways. So if Trump doesn't win, they're going to start a race war. And he said we're going to eat their arms off or something like that, too. So, right. so he's assuming that we're also going to win the coming race war. We so, ain't fucking around, right? Oh, yeah, we ain't playing because we, you know, because we brown. That, you know, we're automatically just, yeah, we're going to kill them all. Don't worry. It, so, yeah. 
yeah. you know, it, uh, it, it's 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 so crazy too because he immediately went into the the talking point about the 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 Michigan shit, you know, where these white supremacists were trying to um, arrest, uh, you know, they were gonna uh, uh, make a citizen's arrest of the governor. They want to kidnap her. Okay, so you think white supremacists kidnapping a white governor is an example of a race war? Like, in the and, and the way that Charlemagne just kind of put it in there, and it's like, wait a minute, you you think that's an example of militant white racists coming to kill black people in a race war? Well, you know they just tried to to arrest that governor. You know, or they just tried to kidnap the governor. The black governor is a white woman. Like, how is that even an example of? But it was just something that the news spun. Uh, yo, uh, they were in a militia. It is Michigan. They got three percenters and whatever. And so they were gonna. That's an example of white supremacy. And that's what you. It's like, yo, the political game has all of you guys fucking brainwashed. It's because it's a Democratic governor. No matter who went after her, that's how it was going to be framed. Because everybody that's not on the left is a white supremacist. So in your mind, this shit about them trying to fucking get the governor because the governor is disobeying a lawful order from the court to reopen the community. She said, fuck it. I don't care if the court told me to do that. I'm not going to do that. She's in open rebellion against the judicial system. She has no legal right to have that place locked down. So technically, based on American shit, they're supposed to do that. The bitch is acting like a tyrant. The court told you. You took it to court. The court said, no, what you're doing since April is illegal. You cannot force all these people to ruin their their, uh, lives and destroy their businesses and keep all of their livelihoods on standby uh, because you told them they're not allowed to operate. You have no legal authority to do that. And she was like, yes, I can. Like, okay, so you're disobeying uh, the branch of government. That's the judicial branch. You have to respect them. They're a check on your power. And she's like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. That's tyrannical. At that point, you are in violation of the law. I can't get mad at them for wanting to kidnap you. I think it's it's silly, right? And obviously it was, um, I think they said, too, that one of the people were in the FBI. So it was kind of an entrapment thing of them selling them on the idea, well, let's go kidnap this bitch. But either way, it's it's so all the details of the story don't matter. All you hear is there were some white guys with guns. They were going to go get the Democratic governor, who also happens to be white, but because of this political climate, uh, left is black, right is white. This is an instance of white supremacy and the violence. And this is why, this is what leads me to believe that we are going to be victimized in a race war because some fucking retarded incels planned to kidnap a white governor for violating uh, an order from the court. Yeah. I, I can't make it make sense. It doesn't. I can't. It doesn't. That, that's not how the race war starts. The race war doesn't start <laughs> by a group of white men kidnapping a white woman. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's not a good way to start a race war. Unless they all have, what did they all have on, like, that military black face makeup? They were going to oh, yeah, do it with the war right, paint right. on and shit. It, right, it doesn't right, right. make sense. But according to P. Diddy, because he is, you know, he's definitely the pulse of the nation, if we ever need to know how close we are to a race war, we should check with Puff Daddy. <laughs> Fuck, bro. 
Yeah, shit's bad when you're only your, you know, your political climate is being delivered to you by the guy from Bad Boy Records. Because he hasn't made enough of a transition in my eyes. I feel he's still just P. Diddy, right? Like, that's nothing happened in the past few years. Like, he didn't, like, you know, rescue a kitten from a burning building and become like a humanitarian. He's still just, he's still just regular old P. Diddy, right? I think he threatened somebody with a kettlebell just like a couple years ago. Yeah, I, th- I heard he threw a bottle at Drake or something like that. So this, this is not this is not philanthropy, right? This is he's in a club <laughs> throwing bottles at rappers and fucking, you know what I'm saying? Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Like he hasn't become Fred. Greek. I mean, he, he hasn't become Fred Hampton. Right? That right. that didn't happen. So what the fuck is he talking about? And you why know what I think it list- is? I, I think somebody got in his ear and told him he needed to do this. Like Killer Mike is different, right? He's For proven sure. that he's passionate about this shit and that he knows what he's talking about and he has ideas and he's putting them yep. into practice. He's buying property in his own city right. and high. so Killer Mike having that kind of conversation garners a different respect because he because of his track record. He's done just as much of this talking as he's done rapping at this point. Right, right. But what the, when did P Diddy get to this chair? You know, I, I feel like it's the same thing as just like Hillary Clinton coming out at the, you know, 11th hour with LeBron and Jay-Z. Yeah. That, that's it. And somebody called in a favor and was like, yo, listen, Biden's behind. We need you to, you know, galvanize and and energize the black vote. So um, somebody called in a favor because it, it felt very forced. It didn't seem like he was really... Because usually when he talks, he's a very confident guy. You know what I mean? And he didn't really sound confident in that interview. Like he even really believed what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm... like you watch other, other, that you know, you watch other interviews with, with Diddy and I don't know. I just see a different guy. I don't know right. who that was in that interview. Yeah. yeah. Did they clone him? Is that what it, was that what happened? Is this Maybe. a clone? They, you know, they cloned Chappelle. So I don't this see why. A, yeah, it was a reptile. Diddy. It was a shapeshifter. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a shape shifter. Yeah, I don't I don't get why. Yeah. It's just it's it's super confusing to me at this point why this person would be talking like that to people. That's not how this is supposed to happen. It's supposed to be a grift. Like, you know, when when Hillary Clinton hires Jay Z and she, I know she's gotta give him a, a you know a, a appearance fee or something like that, For right? Sure. Right. So that appearance fee should automatically be like, okay, I just got some money from these goofy motherfuckers. Me and the other, we're going to put this into a fund, and we're going to open some commercial real estate. We're going to start a nursing school in the hood. You know, y'all right. like getting nursing licenses, so we're going to hook y'all up. It's going to be the Jay-Z nursing license school. Something like that's supposed to come down through the pipeline whenever that happens. And we don't have to talk about it publicly. We got to stay on code. We all wink at each other when we know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? That obligatory <laughs> black action that be going on. But why why is that not going down? Why are they just adding that to their bank accounts and, and keep moving forward? Mm. Nothing, none of it's not going down. It's not happening. It's not happening. And, and even when he asked them too, it's like, well, we thought you were doing that because you're Trump's a Republican, and if if he gets in there, you'd be happy because then you'd be paying less taxes because we know he's for the rich. And and this narrative that keeps getting maintained that right now that the Republicans are for the rich, but the Democrats are for the regular working class people, that just seems crazy to me. No, because they're rich too. 
they're fucking absolute. Not only are they rich, they have the support of the biggest wealth generation generating mechanisms in America. All the big tech is on their side, Wall Street, Hollywood. Like they get all this money from the richest people. So it's just silly to me that we would think that, yeah, they're 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 interested in the lives of working class people. Cause I, I just don't get that. Like even um one of the moments too that kind of just let me know they're all full of shit. Cause I really did like Obama when he was in office. Um, but as soon as he got out, the first thing this motherfucker did was go and give a give one of those I'll bribe you for influence speeches. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wall Street paid him five hundred thousand dollars to talk for an hour. Like Yeah, see, that's that's the that's the game. That's the game. It's all money. It's always it's always gonna be money. As long as people are able to take in the, in those positions and just take, they're gonna they're gonna do it. It's too easy. It's too easy. But I did I did see an article recently that uh, kind of surprised me because it was showing that a lot of the biggest companies who make uh, political contributions, they, they do pay to both sides. Now they, all of them, sure. I didn't see anybody who was like 50, 50. So all of them has clearly chosen a side, but they do pay to both sides. Like they might've given a million to the right and 230, 39,000 to the left, but they right. still given to both sides. And that, that was surprising to me, but uh, all, they all invest. They all invest, yeah, they and it's not best. just so you can, yeah, yeah. It's not just so you can get state to state and talk and, and be popular. This money is going into your pocket, so when you do get elected and that thing come across your desk, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's right, they did bless me up. So, I mean, we all know it's some mafia shit, bro. It so is. you should make sure that you're aligned. You should make sure you're aligned with the companies that you get most of your products from. Right, wherever your politics are, really doesn't matter. You need to find out where the companies are putting their money, because if you align with the same thing the the corporations want, you'll be happy. Right, if you want less regulations for big pharma and shit like, if you're one of those people, you'll be happy. Just follow the money, follow the money, and that's where you vote at. Don't even look at the campaign uh, or who the person is. Just look at who's paying them, and you'll know what's going to happen. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what you align. And make sure you're aligned with the companies because those are the ones who are giving out the most money. And if they're giving out the most money, the world's moving in a direction that's conducive to their su success. Period. There's no there's no two ways about it. Because how do you 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 just going to take uh uh 4 or 5 million dollars from, you know, uh big tobacco and then when when we got to give them protection so people don't sue them when they get lung cancer or some shit like that, when that comes across your desk, what are you going to do? And I know that's a psychological bias that can't be proven, but this is reality we're talking about. You're just going to ignore that five million bucks they gave you? Hell no. You're going to lean the way they want you to lean because they're going to keep paying you and your children are going to be taken care of. And that legacy shit, I'm sure that legacy shit feels good, bro. I'm sure I've never been in a position to make those kind of decisions. So I don't know how I would be influenced if somebody's like giving you the type of money that's going to change generate generations of your life, not just for you, because especially when you're in a game, I know 5 million is not a lot of money, but when you're in a game and you know how to move shit around and how to put this there and make it make that and come back, getting a $5 million, you know, uh, gust of wind come through your shit. That's going to be pretty nice. 
because you know you can turn that into 15 or 20 over the next 10 years. Right. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I feel like almost anybody in that position would do it. I can't imagine having a... Because if you don't want to live with that, if you can't live with that, you probably won't even make it to the political position to be able to, to turn down that kind of money because you would have already fucked yourself on the way up. I, I think if these people were actually having honest debates and actually solving problems, I don't think people would begrudge all of their self-enriching fuckery. You know, I don't think people would would be as upset that, you know, Maxine Waters and Joe Biden are worth tens of millions of dollars and Nancy Pelosi's worth tens of millions of dollars. You know, and there's there's um there's uh definitely uh candidates on on or or politicians on both sides that have used their positions, you know, um who else was there? Um you know, Lindsey Graham, you know, is on the right. There's a lot of people that are just taking money, like you said, for their votes. They're they're being lobbied. There's influence. They're getting paid for their career, and they're getting access to cushy jobs when they leave. They're being rewarded for their cronyism, and um, I don't think people would be as mad that these people taking $150,000, dollars government salaries end up being multi-multi-millionaires if they were actually solving the problems. They would kind of be just like, yeah, I get it. You have all this power. You have all this access to people. You're going to wield and deal for your own interests because you have the power to do that. We're, yeah. we're, we're, the, we're one of the least corrupt countries, right? But we still have corruption. And I think people would be more okay with that corruption if shit was actually getting solved. But at this point, it's like all you guys are doing is enriching yourselves and empowering yourselves and letting everything else fall to shit. That's untenable. You know, you, you know why? Because right now we've we've incentivized the wrong thing for so many generations. The people who create the problems have infinitely more resources than the people who can solve the problems or the people who are even aligned with trying to solve the problems mm-hmm. like big these these tobacco companies and pharmaceutical companies are going to have way more money even the people who are doing a terrible agriculture they're going to have a lot more money than the, the people who are talking about starting a hemp farm they right. can't afford to 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 pay this congressman or whoever it is enough to lean their way when it comes to growing hemp but the people who make plastic have enough money to make sure it takes a lot of money and a long time for you to get a hemp license Right. You know, they can they can definitely make sure they fuck your whole process up. So the people who create the problems have way more money. So as long as that that's a, like I said, you got to align with the corporations who got the money, because as long as they got it, there's no way you can talk a politician out of uh, out of taking it to do what they want him to do. That's what's happening right now with, with cannabis being legalized. That shit should have been done a long time ago. But people are trying to make sure they, they're rooted in there good enough to get as much as they can out of it. Because it, it is going to stop a lot of uh, prescription pill shit. And it's, it's going to shift the, the landscape a lot if people oh, have yeah. easy access. Especially, you know, think about once it becomes recreational. And the average adult can just go into True Leave and spend 30 bucks on, on some herb and shit like that or whatever it is or a little pen with the oil in it and all these different 
products and edibles and everything like that, that's going to change the landscape for people who are getting paid off pain pills. It, it is. It just It's just a factual thing. So they can slow it down as much. I mean, it's inevitable at this point. But they can slow it down and drag their feet as much as they possibly can to keep getting that money. And that's what sucks. You, you're not going to get politicians who get to the level to really be able to make change. By the time they get there, they don't have the moral compass anymore to just do what's objectively right and just better for society and humanity and shit like that. They're just going to be like, no, nah, I'll take this from these guys over here because fuck it, who cares? Everybody else is taking it. I might as well take it too. So it, like I said, it's going to have to be something seeded into the population so we've said it a million times. I mean, it's metaphysics that so we fucked. If it doesn't get down to that level of consciousness evolution, what's going to convince people to do things differently? What's going to stop them? What's going to stop them from take, keep taking the bribes? Well, if they can get paid through taxes by throwing perfectly edible food in the garbage, but there's a system set up that they can get some of that money back because it's counted as shrinkage or loss or whatever. So what would incentivize them to give this food to the next chain of, of public consumption, which would be like farmer's markets and shit like that? Let's just give it to them. And if it's past that point, let's give it to the compost place and let them turn. Well, no, we just throw it in the garbage and we get a check from the government. It's perfect. So, I mean, what would incentivize them outside of dismantling that whole shit? It has to be something deeper that's going to happen in the consciousness of people. Because if they can't see, if they can't just look at this and see, you know, this equation is kind of fucked up and we're screwing ourselves. I can see how we're sitting on outside on the edge of the limb and we're sawing it off and we're going to fall and break our fucking tailbone when we hit the ground. But you know what? Keep sawing. <laughs> how do you talk to those people? How do you have a conversation with them? So it, there's nothing else to invest in except for switching our own perspective and leading into this shit by example. So I have to be the guy where my neighbors look at my yard and be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's crazy. Until something happens like a pandemic and then they're like, oh, those are papayas and grapefruits and star fruit and shit. Oh, now I get it. Now I get it. That has to happen all over the country. Those people got to start looking better in society. Your grass, your your racist ass white supremacist lawn, has <laughs> has to become, it uh, has to become an eyesore. Yeah. Just culturally, your neighbors got to side eye you because you don't have no fruit trees. That's what's gonna have to happen, because that's how humanity is gonna evolve. That's the stimulus is gonna need, because you can't talk them into it. You can't just keep telling them why it's better. You, you, it's it's just not gonna work. It's not gonna yeah, work. Yeah, you're right. It's sad, right. but that's what I'm doing. I'm sh my name, they, they don't even know how bad I'm shitting on them right now. They don't even they don't even really understand it. But eventually, it's going to come to a time when they're going to be like, "Fuck, I should have did what he was doing five years ago." Now no, I got to start from scratch. They're going to have a whole bunch of trees in their yard, and they're going to come over to your house and they're going to apologize. Right. They're going to be like, "I'm so ashamed," as you should be. <laughs> but he, but here's the grapefruit. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna torture him too bad, but it does. It just needs to bleed into the rest of the community. And I know a lot of people want to protect their lawns and their manicured ideas about real estate. We're just past that point. We're past that point. That's polishing the brass on the Titanic. Why are you doing that, bro? This shit's sinking. Get your fucking head together. That's literally the point that we're at right now. 
I mean, you're using, you're telling me, okay, you bought a $5,000 machine and you're going to put fuel in it and it's going to make emissions so you can cut this crop that doesn't feed you. It all it does is take from the soil, doesn't add anything to the soil, and you're going to have to buy products to fucking pour it in there to make it keep stay green. And you're doing all of that, right? Instead of just leaving it alone. It's so and fucking silly. It, Especially yo, when we talk about we're going to run out of oil, we're concerned about peak oil. No, we're using gas. To trim the lawn. There's there's nothing that's more right. of a waste of time and energy. How stupid. How stupid. But it's it's commonplace. But you, you know go, what? You got to go to Home Depot. They got, they got them laid out. Oh, yeah. The right. people in landscaping are like, yo, you shut your whore mouth. Big, big <laughs> landscaping. It's going to be like. It pissed. My father cut grass. It's going to be problems. It's going to be people. Because you are, you'd be infringing on some other industries and taking money away from them. But again, at some point, it's just like get it, just transition, diversify, Evolve. get into something else. Evolve, bro. I'm telling you that there's still going to be a way. If all you want to do is sit down and block progress, you'll never see the future. But there are people who are lawn guys right now who are looking at this and they're like, you know what? everybody's not going to want to do this job or that job. I can figure out a way to flip this so I'm still relevant and I'm still needed in society. Because not everybody's going to just become a farmer. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about converting the way you maintain your property. Because you don't have to be a farmer to put seven or eight, if you got enough space, of course, to put seven or eight fruit trees in the ground. It's not like you need to know seasons and, and all kinds of stuff to put in the soil. That's not really the thing. All you got to do is change how you keep your yard. And shit will be perfect. And you have some food when you want it. You know what I'm saying? You'll have a little treat on hanging on the tree for you eventually. Because every, everybody's not going to be a farmer. So those lawn guys can still figure out a way to make themselves relevant. They can still be trimming trees. They could be selling the fruit trees that people want. All kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot of ways to evolve into that new system. And some people are probably just going to have to take losses. That's a fact. I mean... You know, bike messengers probably t- took a lot of losses too when Uber started delivering. Like, who? That's just that's just the world. Shit moves forward. People who sold rotary phones got fucked when them digit when them buttons came out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they whole shit got destroyed. But I, you know, we move forward. We just got to keep living. You can't worry about that kind of shit, especially when you're talking about something that's just for the for the future of us surviving on this planet. You know, we're not just talking about who's got the nicer car. This is some real shit. But eventually they got to get it. They they just have to. And it seems like it seems like such a simple thing. It's so small. But it's when you ride around and you look at all these lawns and people have palm trees in their yard and not something that's going to provide or even repair the soil that is growing. And it's like nobody is thinking about this at all. Nowhere. It's, you can go to Walmart. You go to Walmart shopping for plants. They got a section on the side where they sell fruit trees, bro. Papayas and mangoes and all that shit. And you came in here and looked at all this stuff and all you found was stuff that you can plant this year and then it's going to die and you got to buy it again next year. For some some cool little flowers, all my pansies and, and my daffodils. Oh, they're so nice. Yeah, they're nice. But did you see the papayas over there, though? Do you eat yeah. bananas? You know they got bananas, right? Like, no, no, I think I'll just take this little thing right here and I'll buy more next year too. All right, yeah. I, I, I guess. We're, we, we've all fallen for the hustle that we we want to be like little mini aristocrats. Yep, We're sold exactly on this it. idea of luxury and status when really we, we're, we're poor now because of it. 
I, you, you could almost argue the person that we would have been looked upon down upon, you know, 50 years ago, like you said, they did have a little garden. They did have, you know, some chickens in their backyard. That shit is just so beneath us now. But right. all of the things that we have in exchange for not having to feed ourselves that way, it's made us less capable, less self-sufficient, more reliant on all these things that we've seen in recent times that they're super fragile. They could go, they they could go at any moment, you know? And if they do go, you you've got nothing. And and what I don't yeah, you're right. It's there's gotta yeah. be a complete rebranding of how we uh, of how we see that kind of work and those kinds of skills. Cause right now in 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 this stage of the game, we we don't we don't give the proper respect to them at all. And anybody who's not talking about that, I feel like they're just leaving. I, I get all the economic shit and job creation. I totally get it. But there's a level that we're not developing that. And I, I think, I feel like that's one of the most important things that we need to be looking at. If we're ignoring that, everything else is kind of in vain. If you're not ignoring, if you're ignoring how we deal with agriculture, food production, like the uh, lawns and how we treat our properties and and the whole consciousness that goes along with people who grow their own food. If we're not dealing with that, addressing that at all, everything else is like you're just building on top of a half played Jenga game and you're trying to put it all, put it nice together on top and the whole bottom is rickety as fuck. It's going to collapse. It's going to collapse, and, and then they're going to have to learn. And the, and the people that they were laughing at a few years back are going to be the, the ones that's ahead of the curve. The one they were calling their homeowners association on. That guy. <laughs> that guy's going to be the one they're begging for food at the end of all this. Yeah, remember when you called those people on me because I had a banana tree in my backyard? Yeah, exactly. Now you're trying to trade me all your jewelry for two bananas. Yeah, just because <laughs> I've been looking at houses, and I've been... I'm definitely gonna have to get out of this county, cause I I I looked around at some other counties and I checked around, and there's there's nowhere near the ordinances that we have here. Like you can have chickens, you can grow a garden, you know, as long as there's not a homeowners association, you can do whatever you want. But you can't you can't do that everywhere here. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna be going somewhere a little bit more rural. That's a smart move, man. And you don't have to be super far. You know, we still got stores and shit that we need to get to a few minutes from us you know what i mean so you don't have to go way way out deep on some duck dynasty shit you know to to, to really get a hold of something with a nice piece of land where you can get started you really only need an acre you know what i mean and there's places you can find an acre for a, a good price you start with that you'll be good and i'm telling you within two or three years you'll be thinking about how you can do it again You'd be like, I need to find me a lot and I can plant even more trees. I need to be growing more food off site. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's inevitable. People would get uh, that feel for it because it's natural. It's natural. You get outside, you get your hands in the dirt a little bit. Eventually, you're going to dig that. Just like they love going camping on their vacation. It's like, oh, I just feel so connected. Like, yeah, stupid. <laughs> right. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. But then you're going to go right back to your cubicle because you think that's what you're supposed to do. But I, I think that's that's becoming a thing of the past too right now. I don't think uh I think the cubicle might possibly be dead forever. Oh, it's gone, dude. Everybody's gonna work from home. I yeah. don't understand why any corporation at this point would want to have the overhead of real estate affecting their bottom line at this point. Right. Right. The real estate, all the possibilities 
of problems from uh, employee interactions. Mm-hmm. All that gone. Real hard to sexually harass remotely. Right. I didn't want to say specifically sexual harassment. No, you'll get some people doing dick pics through Zoom. It's coming. Oh, yeah. but yeah, Of course. But that guy was going to be a problem anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's unavoidable. He was going to jail no matter what. That's the guy that tried to make you step in a a slice of pie while you're walking down the boardwalk. He's a weirdo. But I mean, all of that out the window, the only thing you're really losing is the as a part of the psychological control that you have over your employees, you know, when you're wearing those clothes, yeah. the, the enclosed cognition takes place. So you're walking around and everybody's trying to do their shit. And so you lose the, the psychological control you would have over your employees, but you might get a boost in productivity. Once everybody's used to this new shit and they're not just, you know, playing Xbox all day, you get the type of productivity you need for your shit to be the way it's supposed to be. They're getting the pay that they need for their shit to be how it's supposed to be. I think uh, anybody who wants to go back to that other way might be a sociopath. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. If you're like, no, I need to get my, I need you back on here wearing a suit. Like, you know what? You're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> Why would you want that? You got some kind of weird control fetish or something like that? Let these people stay home and handle their business. Yeah, that's 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 what's happening. We I don't think anybody's going back as they should. They should fight to be able to tap in, do whatever you need to do in your fucking tank top. Don't make me come to a Zoom meeting and I got to pretend I'm wearing pants. I got to have a, a tie on, a shirt and a tie with, with no pants on, trying to front. Like, no, nah, let's get rid of all of that shit, y'all. All the, what were they doing anyway? Seriously, most of the people with corporate jobs, all, are any of them losing anything from not being in an office building? Can it, they can, I mean, pretty much all of them can do that shit from home, right? Yep. <laughs> so yep. nobody's missing nothing. And the boss saves money. So this is a perfect situation. Yeah, I think it, it definitely money. helps. I think it definitely, I think it definitely, this, this whole thing, you know, uh, with the COVID, uh, definitely helped people reevaluate uh, their priorities. So I, I, I think a lot of these changes will be for the better. And I nobody should have to take a pay cut either, I don't think, because the bosses are going to save a bunch of money from not having a real estate overhead. Right. So shouldn't that cover it? Like you should, nobody should have to take a pay cut. And he's still up. If anything, we should get a raise. Well, that's just, you know, anything. that's asking a little too much. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's, that's a little too much. Just not getting the pay cut is awesome because that helps you still because you don't have to the gas and everything else you be driving to work and it's all the stress, man. If you can keep your same pay and stay home, I think you won. For sure, I think you won. Yeah, that's not a loss at all. Well, this one was really good, man. I I really enjoyed you going in about the hemp and uh the new ways that we need to be farming, man. I think, I think that's probably one of the most important conversations that we need to be having that people aren't having. Yeah. That's it's the truth. Feeding, feeding ourselves in a responsible way. I agree. 100%. Yeah. We not, we might need to start putting out some more helpful information about that instead of me just ranting, ranting about how stupid agriculture nah. is. <laughs> start putting out some actual helpful solutions that people can start doing right where they are now. 
You know what I mean? So maybe we'll save that for next week. We'll start a, we'll 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 give people some pointers on how to start producing their own food easy. Yeah, that would be really good, man. Cause even even the thing about you know manufacturing refrigerators in a in a more uh, productive way and and getting people information more when you know shit's gonna fall apart and and being more responsible with the uh the the carapace of the shit after it falls apart what we're gonna do with it right. i think i think all of that that and that stuff where whether you're on the left or the right it you know all the conversations and debates get framed in that way and and i can hear people already it's like oh you know that's some hippy dippy shit and then nah some so that that impulse is a good impulse some of the solutions being proposed and the way they go about it, yeah, it may be obnoxious and unhelpful, but right. it doesn't mean that that impulse isn't, a, you know, they're on to something. Right. And they're like, yeah, we do need to change the way our relationship with the earth and resources and how we relate to each other. There, there, there's, room, there's room to have that conversation. And, and most of the shit needs to be apolitical. I think the, 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 the political shit is what keeps people from finding solutions, especially... If we were already to the point that we recognize that politics is enriching politicians, it's not solving solutions, we shouldn't allow them to 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 frame the debate and right. contextualize how that conversation needs to happen in order for it to be productive. Absolutely. 100% agree, bro. So, yeah, we covered some good ground today. I'm happy about that. Happy about that. Instead of just talking crazy for two hours. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Yeah, there was there was minimal <laughs> racial reparative therapy talk. Yeah, and and how pumpkins are are the the main symbol of white supremacy. Listen, <laughs> all all good, not very helpful in practical ways, but important important things to touch on. Absolutely, I should have more energy by next weekend, man. I'm on day fifteen of ten to twelve hours a day, man. seven days a week. <laughs> Well, hey, look, man, eventually they're going to pump the brakes a little bit and we're going to be able to uh, start capitalizing on some of this this world that we're building here. Yeah, man, I want to uh, I saw that thing. Uh, I sent you that uh, that turnip uh, turnip boy. Oh, good uh, Lord. Fails to pay his taxes. Yeah, turnip boy commits tax evasion. Commits tax evasion. That shit was great. That took a hard left. I was watching the trailer and I was it just like, so wait, happy. what? <laughs> the hell is this? He rips up the tax bill. <laughs> like, fuck that, bro. Yeah, that was amazing. That that's that's a crazy yeah. Just Yo. the fact that that's accessible to people right now as a video game. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if that's awesome or scary. I'm not Dude. I'm not positive. It, it, it's great. I've been looking into like some of the ways. Like it's it's not too complicated now with the way technology is. If you're programming a simple game like that, like obviously if you're trying to do some shit like Cyberpunk or you know uh, right, Assassin's right. Creed or some shit, you know it's millions of dollars. But one of those games, like theoretically, you could have a small team that programs that, and you could write the storyline and make it. And I'm seriously thinking like some of these intellectual properties would translate great. Into a little goofy ass game like that. That right, thing was true. really inspiring to me. That's man. true. And it can grow from there. Right. That's true. That's very true. I'm gonna keep that in mind. Definitely gonna keep that in mind. Always always a pleasure, my brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, you enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh yeah, we'll link up soon. All right, man. All right, bless. Peace, peace.